Tonight's episode of Films and Swearing is dedicated in memory of Todd Statman, musician, author and podcast co-host on Taiwan Noir and several episodes of the podcast on Via Christmas Special. Rest in peace, bud. Happy New Year and welcome to 2021. We're recording straight out of lockdown in five Scotland. I'm your host, Stuart Sutherland, and joining me across the internet is the master chef himself, Magic Mike Christie. Simon. And you cunts are listening to Films and Swearing 254. Here we are, 2021. New year. And a whole new <clears throat> record. Everybody fucking waited for. Yep, that's it. Everything was sorted as soon as I hit January 1st, wasn't it? Aye. Uh, <laughs> but no. Fuck the world. We're here to talk <laughs> about movies. What's wrong, Cameron? I'm stealing your signal. I'm sorry if I'm hogging all the internet. It couldn't be a podcast without my son interrupting us, eh? No, definitely not. Come here. Put these on. Say hello to Mike. Hi. Yeah. Tell him what film you're watching. Martin Angry Bird 2. What's your watching? Angry Birds 2. Ah, nice. Whatever he says, don't listen to him. He's a bad man. <laughs> Alright, you're smiling really. <laughs> <in there. laughs> right, go to your room. I'm sure the internet's going to be fine. <laughs> Cheerio. Hey, put down my car keys. <laughs> Go. Close the door behind you. Close it. Properly. All the way. Shut my door. Yeah, close it. Thank you. Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Man, this will be the first year recording the news as well. Yeah. So, I thought I had it easy. Is it right? You've got you've got now TV. Margaret's probably watching something on her phone, and a fucking call on Messenger. Surely it is not going to fucking drain whatever. Was I think we even went for like the second tier package from Virgin, so it wasn't fucking bottom line internet. Uh, but and that's what Michelle does. Like Michelle phones up like every year when not. Like our contract is kind of ready to end, or like someone's getting ready to end, and they'll put the price up back up. I think she'll phone them and say she's going to leave, and then they'll fucking like counter offer her with something that's a bit more appealing to her. Aye. Like, I'll take it. So, uh, uh, what were we going to talk about before we got interrupted by my child? Um, it was a movie. Industry news was, I think, our first bully, bully, our first bullet point. Yeah. Now, obviously, yeah, basically everything last year went to shit. Yes, last year 
all your top tier blockbusters got skipped, apart for say like a handful. And now this year should just be littered with superhero movies, uh, fucking cunts and fast cars, Bond, James Bond, the lot. Um, but the the game changer, there's been a couple, is um, HBO Max over in the States, obviously, have decided to re- release their, it's Warner Brothers, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Release uh, their yeah. 2021 uh, slate of films, direct to streaming and in cinemas at the same time. And I mean, that's like, uh, over, I've, I've got the list in front of me, so that's over 15 films are set to go online and it started in uh, December with Wonder Woman 84, that was like the pilot and now each month they're just going to be big blockbuster films so it's crazy, it's ballsy Ari, stop it! So I never noticed she dropped out. Ah, I just just noticed it, didn't I? So um, I was obviously talking to myself there. Ari, stop calling the chair. I got the cats back. Eh? Aye, been absolutely. How are they getting on it? Fine, they're they're just dying to get outside, but he's avoiding the scratching post and going right to the chair. Mm. Find some of the launch of the little cunt. Oh, fucking hit the wrong one. <laughs> Wait a minute, one's black and one's fucking ninja. How could you get them? Hey, I, it was the jaw decided who it wanted to hit. I just launched the kid's school book across the room. Brilliant. Right. Okay, so what did you hear my spiel about uh, HBO? Uh, your just kind of getting on with that and then it kind of dipped out. Right. Cat! Stop it! Right. Hey, oh man, it's got to be a joy to edit. I could just look at the bits <laughs> where it fucking maxes out the fucking audio. So, oh yeah, that's me swearing at the kid and or the cat. Mm. Right, where's my notes? Okay, so... HBO Max are looking to release over 15 films this year. Uh, do you know, are you familiar with the list? Um, I mean, I can't, also, I can't the big ones, fucking uh, Justice League. Oh yeah, they, that that's not even included on this list. I think that's kind of just oh, being treated like a, like oh, a right. miniseries, but the, yeah. the ones I've uh, kind of highlighted is the the Many Saints of Newark, which is like your Sopranos. Mm. God, I reckon if it's a prequel or or a sequel to the series. Mm. Also, you've got Godzilla vs. Kong. Have they got a release date for that, though? May, I think. But Maybe, it, so, I mean, it is rumoured because either, so. Legendary Pictures, um, well, I think, were also kind of behind the production of it, didn't quite agree on this uh, style of releasing film. Uh, I think right, they okay. were they were in the way of doing two things. They were either going to 
keep it in theatres or they were in the middle of selling it to Netflix. So, I read I read something last year like a wee interview before Netflix and I kinda just I never noticed anything more about it and then when I seen the HBO Max I thought, oh right, so they've they've probably picked the ball up for there. Aye. So who knows? I mean you've got also got like a, a uh, Tom and Jerry new movie, another Conjuring oh, movie, God. another Space Jam. Space Jam could be quite a laugh, like uh, another Mortal Kombat. I, I, I was actually, I was actually, I know I've seen, I seen for Tom, but there's no one nothing yet. Supposedly, I mean, if anything, it's going to be a lot better than Mortal Kombat Annihilation because it was fucking dreadful. <laughs> uh, but for what I was reading, I was watching fucking like. Watch Mojo's top twenty most anticipated twenty twenty one releases, and we're talking about a Space Jam. <clears throat> yeah, and apparently the synopsis apparently been leaked. Apparently they're going to go through like undiscovered realms and all that, and apparently there's supposedly like rumours that it could be like a a Pennywise show up. Jared Leto, uh, Jared Leto was a Joker. Oh Jim yeah, the mask might even turn up. That's mental, so it's all this random IP. It was all, I guess, ah, housed by like Warner Brothers like, properties. It's kind of like a regular player one, maybe. Yeah. Ah, that's different. And uh, some of the mm. other big ones, obviously, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Yeah, that actually looks pretty good. The Matrix 4. I mean, I hated that. I wasn't a fan of That's the end of the year, eh? Yeah, that one's December. Ah, yeah. And... Of course, the big one, uh, Dune. Or, yeah. So. Or Dune, whatever. Dune, I, I, I don't, when I say Dune, it doesn't sound like Dune. I think of the month. Yeah. So, Dune. Like, system of a Dune. <laughs> at, least we'll hear the, at least we can hear the comfort of watching Dune's. Presumed three and a half of a runtime in the comfort of Oh, yes, to be able to pause it and go for a piss. Ah, or you know, come put yourself another beer. Yes, so that'll be interesting. And again, I think that's another one where they're like, oh, it might be too big to stream, but they've not taken they've not taken it back yet. Nah, because obviously they, they kept off the release of HBO Max with Wonder Woman 84. Mm-hmm. Which is a huge property itself. Yeah. I didn't even, can, like, I've, I've, I've not even looked at the subscription fees for it. I'm assuming it's just a one a one price, or is it like Netflix where you could have... It's just probably similar. Tears. Mm. Uh, maybe. Maybe if you... But I think it might just be sort of like, maybe like... Disney Plus, I would just kind of got as one fee at the moment, and everything's included. Yeah. But I noticed tonight, um, Netflix released a teaser trailer yesterday. Aye. Uh, other films are going to be releasing this year. Uh, this year, yeah. So, yes, uh, stated that there's going to be one new movie released every week. So, yeah. 52... Netflix produced movies and it was like a, a highlight reel so it showed you footage of uh, Army of the Dead from Zack Snyder Sam yeah, was pretty interesting. Dave Batista then you've got Red Notice with Dwayne Johnson, Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot 
I didn't care what Master Bit looked Not a clue. It just looks flashy as fuck. And it finished with footage of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence in Adam McKay's movie, Don't Look Up. Again, there's no plot synopsis for that either, is there? Nah, but, I mean, all the famous faces that showed up in that teaser, I mean, you had Chris Hemsworth, uh, John yeah. David Washington. Because uh, that's been that the trailer for that film that they're in got released a couple of days back. Yes. And that's getting a lot of, a lot of heavy scrutiny because of the age difference in between him and the... Zadaya. Yes, because well, that's <clears throat> it. just think of what do we know her from, and there's like Spider Man. So it's like oh, high school that's kids. It, really. So, because um, what was it, Max and Molly, or something along those I lines? Know, there was two names. Something like that. Uh, Jason Momoa uh, has like showed a, up. Kind of has like a Spike Lee kind of feel to it. That one a bit. Mm-hmm. And it's all shot in black and white too. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll watch it. We'll see where it goes. But, mm. So, Aquaman showed up for a second. Halle Berry showing up. And uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda. So, it just... I reckon it just looks like it's going to be like a top-tier year of uh, content from them. But it could be like 10 really good movies and then 42 average yeah. films. Can you wonder if maybe if like I'm assuming these films got like planned during like the pandemic last year? Can you wonder if maybe how many of these would have been released to like cinemas like mainstream studios and all that? Or all that said, or were they all initially going to be fucking Netflix? Netflix ones? Yeah, that's it. It could be like there's no bigger platform to get your movie kind of put on. So getting bought by Netflix isn't a bad thing nowadays. I kind yeah. of thought, oh man, it's going straight to streaming. Oh, what a flop! And now it's like they're releasing the brand new movie with like The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and fucking uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Like all these fucking A-listers are all putting their movies on Netflix. Mm. Of course, uh, last year. Um, there was like any year people pass away so I uh, went through the Sun not Sun sorry Sky News website and took a like a list of all the actors that uh, passed away in 2020 and oh yeah fuck <laughs> it's like I knew a few uh, passed but Jesus Christ when you look at the list and I've really just highlighted the ones that both of us are like well aware of. But obviously, mm. what was the biggest? Like which uh, one? Pr- fucking... Probably Chadwick Boseman. Eh? It but was. That one just kind of caught everybody off guard. Eh? Aye, that one stung. Like, talk about just far too soon, and for like a dude that was like actively like kind of working throughout having what was it bowel cancer. Aye. Yeah, and the fact that he was diagnosed with it and he had still done three more movies. And when you watch films like The Five Bloods, you you, you don't want to kind of overanalyze it. Oh, he did look pretty ill in that, but it was yeah. only... You'd, and the dude's always kind of been thin, but you just put that down to maybe the 
the Marvel movie uh, workout regime where you're just superhero uh-huh. fit and thin. Yeah, because I mean, he looked fucking, he looked quite healthy in uh, 21 Bridges and all that. Mm. I think that's his last film I'm now trying. on uh, Netflix. Um, oh, it's that uh, Ma Ray, whatever. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or something. Mm-hmm. So, um, but let me read through a couple of the, the big names. Uh, obviously, Efran Khan passed away uh, early in the year. Obviously, he was he was well known for things like Life of Pi. He was the owner in Jurassic World. Honestly, I still giggle at the the clips where it's him piloting the the helicopter, and he's like, "I know how to fly this thing." And the guy tries to remind, him, "Okay, I've got a few more lessons." And when he goes to take <sighs> off, it stutters and he goes, "Whoa!" And everyone fucking shits himself. So it is totally a shame to see him go. I think it was like a brain cancer for him, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, Fred Willard. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he was. Oh, him! I'm thinking of someone totally different. Wait a minute. Hi, Fred Willard's always kind of that guy that shows up in everything, like Best in Show. Um, I always remember him from Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. And he's like the guy interviewing um, Kumar at the medical school. Oh, him, 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 right. I was getting fucking messed up with somebody else. I was thinking uh, Kevin Bacon's powerful tremors. All right, no, no. Nah, something different there. Uh, obviously, a big one's Sean Connery at the age of 90. Mm. I know, eh? Uh, I think one of the original Money Pennies passed away this year as well. I feel like Aye, a, a lot yes, of notable people from the Bond franchise have been passing away, but it's because this fucking franchise has been going for the 60s, so eventually these people are passing away. The same goes for Star Wars. I mean, the fact that we've lost both Jeremy Bullock... Oh, and like three, uh, um, three or four we lost, eh? Yeah. We lost um, David Prowse. The guy that done the David Prowse and the guy that played Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, is it Jeremy Bullock? <clears throat> Uh, and then obviously we had Max von Sydow. Yeah. Uh, Kirk Douglas. Oh, I forget his deal. One hundred and three, by the way. Fucking, I always thought he was fucking long gone. Eh? What Max von Sydow? I always. No fucking Kirk Douglas. I yeah. always forgot that fucking that he literally was like you know like a death doorstep for the last fucking twelve years. <laughs> God, uh, Jerry Stiller. Ah, yeah, Jerry Stiller. Uh, you had a uh, what's it, Conchata Farrell, who was like the the cleaner from Two and a Half Men, but she was in Edward Scissorhands and. Oh fuck! I, I, yeah, yeah. She was like seventy-seven, which was a lot older than I thought. Ah, I never, never thought she was that old. Eh? Mm-hmm. The famous director-producer, Joel Schumacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dame Diana Rigg, who I think was obviously... Oh, she was in Game of Thrones. Exactly. Right? Obviously, the famous uh, composer, Ennio Morricone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always wish we'd fucking went and seen uh, him in that concert. Too, and, but... Yeah, I know. It's, it's just the thought. It's like, what, what you miss out on? 
but fuck it probably would have been amazing like just to hear mm. like the score to like this some of the spaghetti westerns would be fucking yeah. crazy uh, Sir Ian Holm Ah, uh, Ian Holm uh, Hugh Keys Burn who was sort of like your original villain for Mad Max and then turned for I Fury Road Mm. And uh, obviously, last but not least, Bob from the street cat named to Bob. <laughs> I was fucking devastated when she found that out. <laughs> the homeless man that exploited a ginger cat made movies, books, children's books, and probably a TV series off of a cat. Now his little money maker has died. Mm. But yep, so that is uh, just some of the fucking people that passed through in twenty twenty, and it's not like the case of with obviously a world pandemic and COVID nineteen. It's not a case that they were all wiped out by this horrible pandemic. But it's just a lot of it is old age or fucking unfortunately cancer. So, mm. but fucking. Away from that bummer note, let's have a look at the best film in 2020, which wasn't made in 2020. So this category is normally for, like, obviously we try and watch all all the films that you get in, like, uh, say, 2019 for your best films of 2019. But sometimes you don't see them until 2020. So the best film we saw in 2020, but wasn't released in 2020. Mike, what is your favourite film that you saw last year? I, I actually, I, I had to fucking, like, I think I had about four or five written down and I, and I fucking I scored them out and I fucking and I was like, right, mix and match and I, I'm going to have to go with fucking The Guest. Eh? Oh yeah, okay. Because I fucking... Like I've I've obviously heard about it for like the last like year. Never really got into watching it, and I watched it mm-hmm. around this time last year. And I just <clears throat> everything about it I thought was fucking brilliant. Eh? Like I had a very eighties fucking Terminator vibe about it. Yes, and I, and I thought the fucking the character was cool as fuck, mm-hmm. and the soundtrack was fucking really good. Aye, definitely. And as and, and it leaves it open for potentially a second one. Eh? Mm. And that was it. I only just saw it um, tail end of last year, like fucking very late December. And it was I. I watched the film in two parts, and I remember going to sleep after watching like, the first half hour, forty five minutes. And that dude has to be a fucking robot. And there's something not right. I need to know. Like it's got that weird fucking uh, strange hypnotic uh, soundtrack where it sounds something like. Like something for a fucking John Carpenter film, or like the soundtrack to Drive, and it just had that feel to it, that sound to it. And the dude, there was just something yeah. not quite right. I mean, I was like, like during like the last forty minutes, and I had just, I got really dark, and like you didn't expect half the fucking folk to die in it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And you got that? Uh, what's the fucking? What's the black boy that's after in a minute? Oh. He's, in, he's, in, he's in everything. He's in like John Wick and all that. Yeah, I, I think I remember he's him. Like, he's, he's, like, he's like the CIA agent or something that's after him, eh? Yes. Wait, isn't... Oh, uh, he's not the fucking... Lance... 
one's fucking summon, one Frederick or something, or yeah. But no, that is like for that film, like he's probably the only known face. Whereas like all that cunts for that film, everyone else is brilliant. They're just cast. There's like they're not these. It's not fucking Ryan Gosling and uh, Carrie Mulligan. It's just these actors, and just everyone just looks genuine in their parts. Even for like the dad that likes to have a little drink, or to like the brother that's getting bullied at school. There's no one that's uh, overshadowed by by their stardom. Mm. That's you know, definitely a that I fucking really enjoyed anyway. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by it too. Right, uh, for me, it was a uh, Knives Out from 2019. Director Ryan Did you only Johnson. Did you see that this year? Or last year? Yeah, I was January, but oh, I could you couldn't fucking, I could you couldn't get the time to go and see this thing, right? Aye, that's it. And it was one of these things where I was like, I didn't want to watch the screeners, or or I missed the deadline for our our podcast last year. And then when I finally did see it, I thought it was a riot. Then it went on Amazon Prime, and I watched it again during lockdown. And then I mm. I picked up the film uh, in December. And then just watched it again over Christmas and with Margaret this time and she agreed that it was a fucking spectacular film. But just with uh, the title Knives Out, it just doesn't depict what you're expecting. Like this fucking film with like this huge cast of characters, a who done it murder mystery, and it was one of these ones where like you feel you feel like I've got this sussed and it's like, No, you've not and you're just taking on a journey of Twists and turns. I because like because there's like there's like a massive twist, <clears throat> maybe forty five minutes into the film, and then you've got another fucking hour. Yeah, it's fucking gone through more stuff, and I mean, thing is like, <clears throat> like every single character that's in that film it sells. Yes, everyone's brilliant. Like even for... fucking even even Michael Shannon as he's fucking like, oh. pipe smoking, dodgy book dealing, and all that. Exactly that that scene where he meets. <clears throat> Um, was it Marta uh, in the the hallway, the back exit of her flat, and it's just the way it shot the light in. It's dark. He's looks like this intimidating figure. He's he's losing his temper because they're losing. Well, I'll not spoil it, but like those close up shots of him gripping onto like his walking cane, and you just see his knuckles going white, and his voice kind of getting more intense. Fucking even like Don Johnson's great in it. Aye. <laughs> like how he was fucking turning around. Every single, every single character has a fucking secret. Yeah. And it's, it's and love. It almost is like, 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 like this generation's flu. Oh, exactly. Definitely. Even it all takes place in a big fucking house. That was definitely... And then you get fucking, you get Daniel Craig with his southern accent. Oh, and I loved it when fucking Chris Evans' character kind of pulls apart. He's like, I'm a sick of this hog... Like, what's it? Uh, Longhorn, Leghorn, fucking bullshit. CSI, fucking KFC, and just... And, like, that was my immediate reaction when I first saw the trailer, going, that's a fucking accent. He's trying, isn't it? And I was remembered it as, like, the primary reason of... I'm not too interested in seeing this film. Daniel Craig might put me off it. And just by the time you get around to watching it, you're fucking... 
you let it go. Even his fucking batshit uh, crazy speech about a donut hole inside oh, a donut, donut hole, hole uh, within a donut hole, and you're like, what <laughs> the fuck is this boy on? <laughs> it's oh, the film's no shy. Uh, it's it's brilliant. brilliant. It's brilliant. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I myself had two films listed, but I eventually just kind of carved it down to Knives Out. Um. So. Yeah. If you want, shall we get to our top five films of 2020? Aye, let's go, man. Let's go. Okay, I'm going to give you the honours of uh, choosing the first film from your list. Uh, so, first one from my list. Uh, I mean, if we're going to talk about accents for fucking Daniel Craig, we need to talk about the man that itself an accent in film the past year and that is Robert Patterson. The guy's accents in films are fucking completely fucking different this year and one of them mm-hmm. is definitely the lighthouse. Oh yes. Definitely. <clears throat> and I mean you've seen that way before me because I only seen that November maybe, maybe end of October. Yes, I because I I do remember for a while when seeing it, like when it came out, and then just kind of saying like, "Have you seen it yet? You going to see it? Do you like the look of it? I think you I think you'd like it. I think you should watch it." And I I really wanted to get a fucking like, H and B like first edition it. Aye. But I was like, what 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 if I get it? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, and I'm fucking I'm not fan it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Aye, exactly. I, I fucking. I, but I'm kicking myself that I never got it because I looked at it on eBay and it's, it's maybe a wee bit dearer than what the the price the price was for at the time. Right? Mm-hmm. But fucking the lighthouse, what a film by the way! The fact that it's like for pretty much ninety minutes, it's just him and Willem Dafoe as well for accents. Oh, he's he was like what two <clears throat> people to fucking lock away mm. in a lighthouse. Just and like obviously there's generations between them, but it is it's just like old school and new school, and they're just got completely different living styles. And I mean, obviously, it's one. I mean, I think I think think the I think the black and white aesthetic fits it well. Yeah, because I think I think if it was filmed in color, it it kind of probably still been alright. But I think black and white kind of makes it that more stand out. Aye, it gives it an atmosphere. There's like a tone to it almost. Because it kind of almost makes me feel like you're watching like a silent film for the first five minutes. Aye, definitely. Just because it's also set in like the, I'm assuming, the 1800s. Yeah, and I think, was the, the mm. aspect ratio sort of fixed as well? Aye, it's like 4.3 like, uh, like or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. That's quite wee. But I mean, I thought it was, I hang as it's like, 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 like when you were telling me about it, <coughs> Later on, like last year, you were basically saying that it was kind of almost like it had like a shining feel to it. Yes, definitely. Like it was just, it was just fucking like madness consuming the bits of them mm-hmm. upon this light, lighthouse. And, and I think it's like, you can see it, it, it happening like, like, the, like the bit that I completely didn't fucking expect was the pair of seagull getting absolutely battered the fuck. Oh, aye. Did yeah. not expect that at all. And then you get the whole. Again, it's the similarities with that. The Shining, the fucking 
Patterson and fucking Jack Nicholson that like like having like the vision of like the ghost in the bathtub and it's fine. Aye. He's got the visions oh. of the naked lasso on the beach and all that. It was like the half memory sort of thing. Yeah, and that's uh, some of the oh, film's visuals a... are mind bending. Yeah. Like at the time you could be thinking, What the fuck am I watching? And then cut to like three or four days later and you're still just thinking about parts of that film and just thinking, Did I, did I see that right? Or like that bit at the end, or how how hurt was Willem Dafoe because he didn't like his lobster? Jesus! <laughs> I think it was you said with that we sound bite to like <laughs> tice me to watch it, and I, and I was like, oh, I just fucking like I'm I'm, I'm going to have to probably watch it again. I want to kind of see if I can kind of notice kind of stuff in the background or like Elvis for a bit, like the foreshadowing before the the whole madness kind of. Yeah, instead of two of them, because the two of them end up just kind of like almost like murder each other. Yeah, and like the only thing that they they have in common is like they like a good drink, and that seems to be the only time that they're friends is when they're fucking hammered. Aye, because I think what three or four things end up scrapping in the film. Yeah, aye, and doesn't it come down to the point of like when they run out of booze? No, because they're always getting topped up. <laughs> I I need to revisit the like, film myself. Aye, aye, it's fucking. I really, I was like pleasantly surprised by how good it was. Mm-hmm. And then like, I was like, when I like try and like sell it to folk, I'm like, can it's going to be a film that can you're going to. It's going to be a hard sell because it's fucking because it's mad. Yeah, it's totally one of these films where is it right? If you're going to watch this, get the lights out. Just the volume up. Just let it wash over you, and you'll not be the same person by the time it's finished. No. Like that, that movie will leave a mark on you. Thing is, like, like, like this year's had some really fucking obscure films with like really obscure fucking mind bending shit like that. Uh, Color out of space when the first cage. It was a fucking weird film. Yeah, isn't that from the the, the Mandy people as well? Ah, yes, that's a strange one. To be fair, that's actually, I think it's even more enjoyable than Mandy. I thought yeah. I thought Mandy was just too long for for what was all going on in it. Aye. Yeah, that was like a that's fucking a, film soaked in LSD. It's, it's, it's worth fucking checking out because it's just totally mad. Eh? Yeah. And I mean, seeing Nicholas Cage going off and one's always, always a good laugh. Oh, totally. Well, that's it. I need <clears> to decide whether I want to see him going off on one or him doing jujitsu. Hmm. I did best. Fuck it. <laughs> right. Uh, any last words on the lighthouse? Eh, uh, nah. That's pretty much it. Like, just did, did you end up buying it? Like, nah. I've no. I've seen this new book there, but I'm gonna wait and see if the price of that first edition HMV comes soon on eBay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if I if I seen it like really cheap in the shop, I'd maybe pick it up. Aye, because it'd be interesting to kind of see some of their behind the scenes on how they they made the film, or yeah, because what was the direct? Was it the the director? Is it Robert? Ed Witch. Yes, Robert Eggers. Aye, and the fucking witch that I've was not also seen the witch. I've not seen that. Aye, that was another film where it's like I went to bed and I, I still sat up for like an hour before I could fucking fall asleep because I was like, what did I watch? Jesus Christ. What 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 that's world? That's kind of been like the that's kind of been like the last 
four or five years with horror films, it's all been kind of ritualistic cults and that, like, between that and like Midsummer and Hereditary and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, that kind of seems to be like like the go-to for him because like obviously, I think your main like your mainstream fucking like slashers under the name apart from like your Halloween, but that's that's pretty much it. Aye, yeah, it's definitely a lot more psychological. Mm. But so, uh, my what's your one? My first pick, I I just went alphabetical. I'm not doing like a one to five system, but. My first pick uh, from a films of 2020 is The Five Bloods from director Spike Lee. Alright. Obviously, it's, uh, for people that are not aware, it's like the story of four uh, African-American Vietnam veterans returning to Vietnam and they're, what's that, they're going in search of like one of their fallen members, like their squad leader, and who like they promised to give like a right burial. But there's kind of like an ulterior... Motive or objective, and it's great because the thing because it was hidden gold. Eh? Yes, some buried treasure. Um, and I, I mean, it's one of these ones where it it came out on Netflix. It was a uh, quite a lengthy film. I never took note of the running uh, time, but I feel like, like two and a half maybe. Yeah, two and a half. I felt like it was close to three, but. Again, it's a, it's a whole cast of sort of your older characters. You've got uh, Delroy Lindo, Clark Peters, Norm Lewis, uh, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., and of course uh, Chadwick Boseman, who pl- uh, portrays like the their fallen squad leader. So he shows up in a series yeah. of um, flashbacks. And I think what I actually found funny or or different in a sense when you had your flashbacks of all the characters, it was still all of the old actors Ah, yeah, the one they like, aged or anything. Yeah, D- Delroy Lindo was still the same, they all still had grey in their hair, it's not like they all dyed them, put them in younger clothes, it was only Chad Bozeman who was there, and the rest would just play yeah, themselves. Yeah, because he always says he's young anyway. Exactly. But no, like, like their fucking journey is just fascinating. Like each one of them kind of got their own story. They've got their own shit going on at home. Uh, Delroy Lindo's character brought his son along, and like he's he's uh, gotten. He's in... he's he's kind of like main center point of the film. Eh? Like he's kind of like like the the leader of the sort of group, if you will. Aye, but it was one of these films where, like, man, I honestly hope when it does come to like award season, I feel like Delroy Lindo should. Get some nominations. Ah, it has to. It has to. Like, what a fucking performance. I mean, this was a dude that was in, like, Jet Li's The One. And, like, the guy could phone it in when he wants to, but when he's fucking given, like, these meaty parts, like, he was fucking brilliant in The Five Bloods. And the journey that his character goes on, and, of course, is, like, Vietnam War veterans, of course, all of them have these different levels of, like, PTSD... They're returning to Vietnam, so of course it's fucking getting triggered, and they're just getting flashbacks of like the good times and flashbacks of the fucking horrible times. And it's just one of these things where like fucking well done to Spike Lee for taking on like such a something so fucking different from his normal wheelhouse. But it's a mixture of like the things he's good at, just like 
these community of characters and these fucking straight uh, these uh, strong relationships, these friendships, and then just having to take them on this fucking journey back and in through Vietnam, and it's it's not a fucking cakewalk either. They get fucking back in the shit without giving too much away. I mean, <clears throat> I could say, like me and you were sold on it when I was ever seen the trailer. I think we oh, came, it was a to, great trailer, came right? around to, because I, I think me and you came around to like Spike Lee's films once we had seen Black Klansman. Yes, aye, that was and definitely. And we kind of slowly, slowly started to wade into like, his filmography. Get through them and all that. And I mean, like some of the, I mean, there is also it's a really fucking, it's, it's not really, really dark. It's, you know, a lot of stuff in the film that's kind of dark and it's called yeah. lighter humour. And totally. I mean, like the bit that completely took me by surprise and I couldn't help but piss myself laughing was when the fucking guy stepped on the mine. <laughs> yeah. Like, I did not expect that. And then you've got fucking characters like, uh, like Paul fucking Walter Hauser showing up. Yes. As like these, like, Oh, what the fuck were they again? Oh, there was some sort of charity group that were... Aye, that's what it was, aye. Going around. It was, it was to do about, like, getting rid of line, landmines and... But, aye. I completely forgot about Paul Waterhouser in it. And I mean, aye. that's all another dude... I only just remember about him there, didn't I? Like, who just fucking excels in all the films he gets. But... So that's my... Aye, that's, that's definitely one that I need to go back and look at it again like aye totally I could do a re- like watching all of these again this year because is they're, they're definitely excellent films now uh, Mike let's go ahead and give us your second pick uh, I mean speaking about Paul Waterhouse I mean you can't uh, fucking leave it Richard Joe for this year but last year aye like that was that was fucking heavy Oscar bait especially for like Clint Eastwood or not. hmm And that was that's one of these films where it was like the fucking beginning of January, wasn't it? Mm. Aye. Uh, January February about that. hmm And it was that was one of those films that fucking blew me away. And it was one of these films where it was like it was all on the shoulders of uh Paul. Uh, well mm. uh, between him and like he he had some straight uh, some good Supporting cast as well, Kathy Bates and Sam Rockwell. I I fucking I loved, I loved the like the relationship between uh, Bruce Joe's character and uh, his like obviously Sam Rockwell's character because he plays he's a lawyer, but it's, aye, it's a lawyer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, you can tell obviously. Like, I mean, I never, I think when the film came out, like I didn't even think there was even that fucking. Like, a, a terrorist bomb threat in the United States Olympics. Aye. I think I think the only thing they mean you came for the United States Olympics to come up with winning a gold medal and that's about it. <laughs> with a broken frickin' neck. <clears throat> ah, yeah, that as well. But, I mean, <laughs> like, when the trailer came out, obviously, it's just, I think the, the trailer was just fucking... It was intense. Paul sitting in, oh. aye, Paul sitting in the interrogation room with fucking John Hamm for the FBI and he's aye. just... Been forced to fucking see these like the like the fucking bit, what's on the bit of paper and all. Yeah, like oh, phoning in and the bomb threat. Mhm. Aye. Yeah, and, and it's crazy. And the fact that like, you've not only got fucking like the FBI, but even the because they even can 
Yeah, so they try to pin it on fucking everybody, and then you've got uh, Olivia Wilde as a, a newspaper journalist, mm-hmm. and oh, and she leaks fucking stuff that she got for John Hamm, mm-hmm. and to like the paper and all that, and then it all just fucking snowballs a massive shit. and that's it. There's these characters that are so, like so many pieces of shit in this film. Like John Hamm is a piece of shit. Olivia Wilde is such a piece of shit, and. And when Sam Rockwell, like he knows it, he sees it, he's dealt with these people before, and he, just seeing fucking Paul's character, Richard, just getting taken advantage of, because he's always just kind of mm-hmm. had the most honest intentions. He just wants to protect people, yeah. do his mama proud, and fucking hell, like he peer pressured into like you're the bomber, make the phone call, say there's a bomb here, uh, blah blah blah, again, and that fucking trailer. And they lure him in, they lure him in, be like, fucking, can say we're wanting to record, like, a, a training video, and we're wanting you to be in a training video. So uh, we need you to, like, like, say these words into this microphone, we need you to fucking sign this bit of paper. And I mean, there was always a wee bit of sadness in because he kind of realised that if he signed this bit of paper, he'd basically saying that he was the one that done it. Yeah. And that's when he decided to phone Sam Rockwell. Aye. And, like, you could you could feel when you could, like, get behind fucking, like, Sam's fucking frustrations when, like, they're in his house and they're saying, like, then he talk with you, like, do not talk. And literally within the first minute I've been in the house. Aye. He's fucking talking away. And it's like, oh, I've got the guns in the house. And it's like, oh, yeah. they're under my bed. Let me show fucking, you. A whole fucking arsenal of guns on the boy's bed, and he's got hollowed out hand grenades as a paperweight. And it's like the, when the FBI start fucking taking everything for an investigation, even fucking Kathy Bates' fucking Tupperware. <laughs> and, Aye, and a fucking underwear and all that. Aye. But, oh, it is one of those it's brilliant fucking, films. And it's like, the thing is, like, it kind of, like, it wants you to, like, paint the picture that maybe, maybe he is part of it because he fucking, because also to go back to, at the start of the film, well, not, uh, at the start of the film, he's like a, a college security fucking person. Mm-hmm. And he gets, he gets brought into, like, the dean's office and all that, and he's like, oh, what do you like, like, half in traffic and all that? <laughs> and he's like, I like, well, I'm just kind of like stopping the drunk drivers for coming into the college and all that. And it kind of makes you fucking kind of paint a picture that he craves the fucking attention and limelight and all that. Ah, he wants that authority. Mm. Like that's what he's there for, and he's just he's just not there. Like he's just not either physical or mentally capable to be the actual thing, but. When it gets to be security for things or like college yeah. campus things like that, like he treats like he's fucking he thinks, military. Aye, aye, he thinks that he's fucking that he's like the best thing there and all that. And aye, he, like when he when he finally decides he's had enough and he listens to Sam Rockwell's character about fucking standing up for himself and that that's that was like a really good like last five ten minutes before them uh, showing you like. I think cut to like 10 years later or something like they finally found the guy that done it aye and then it kind of just ends but aye it's a fucking absolute standout film like yeah it's definitely one of these things that one of those films if I see it out in stores like when we're allowed in stores again 
I will fucking buy that film. I would definitely need that in my collection. And I mean, like, we talk about obviously like how fucking how much we hated John Hamm and Olivia Wilde. Aye. When actors can make you feel like that, and that you can tell that they're actually doing a really good job with their like what they're meant to be craft. Aye, definitely. Because that's a John Hamm's like, always one of those great we guys. We think of John Hamm as like fucking like Made Men and fucking is it Made Men? Mad Men. Mad Men. That's it. Yeah. And then like fucking like like. Baby Driver or fucking exactly. these, uh, Saturday Night Live sketches with fucking Michael Bublé and all that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just this great fucking comedic actor that could also do drama as well, but when he gets given a fucking great role with a great fucking despicable character, the boy I mean, could turn it to 11. in the town with Ben Affleck as well. Oh, I've not seen that in a fucking age. Ah. Man. My second film is, it was one of these sort of big fucking deals when it came to Disney Plus earlier this year. It was the filmed version of the Broadway musical, uh, or production, uh, Hamilton. Uh, It was sort of written and uh, stars Lin-Manuel Miranda, David Diggs, and a whole other cast of... uh, very diverse actors. Obviously, it's based around sort of like what a big moment in like American history, uh, but it's portrayed completely well. How they class it is by foreigners, so it's all black people, Hispanic. It's and yeah, and it's all portrayed in like sort of rap and hip hop, and it was just yeah. one of the fucking most captivating things I've watched this year. Because I've always heard about it. I've always listened to like podcasts or shows and everyone talk about how fucking amazing Hamilton is. Like Even Don Johnson quotes it in Knives Out saying, like, I love immigrants. They get things done. You know, Hamilton. And the fuck going, oh yeah, 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 right enough. <laughs> and he's like, oh yes, I, I went and saw it in public and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, I've heard, what the fuck is Hamilton? And... Yeah, it's almost like a fucking three-hour history lesson uh, told through rap. And fucking David Diggs, obviously, we fucking begged him up last year uh, with Blindspot on. Mm. And, man, like, he's just fucking brilliant. Like, he could... And, obviously, Blindspot had its fair share of fucking rapping in it as well. So there was no surprise there that he was so fucking good in Hamilton and... Lin-Manuel Miranda has obviously become like a huge celebrity in fucking America because of the success of Hamilton. Like he's got his next film, uh, sort of the predecessor to Hamilton coming out on HBO Max. He's got another big one coming out on Netflix. So he's like an instant star in his own right. But it's just one of these things where I'm not sure if I'd like this. And you watch it and you're like, fucking hell. And they take it. So the the production of it is not a case of just like a like a hard cam pointing at a stage. Like there's points where it seems to be a mixture where it is like a hard cam and there's an audience because when certain songs finish or certain lines happen, the crowd fucking cheer and laugh. But then there's fucking close-ups like they're on stage and the camera's in the face of the actors doing the scenes. So I believe it mm. was sort of like filmed over two or three productions where one with an audience 
another one with the cameramen on stage, then another one with them for fucking close-up and pick-up shots, and then it was all just fucking beautifully edited together, where it's just fucking seamless, where you're fucking in the scene, and then the camera cuts out, and you watch the fucking set transform, like, they're on rotating stages, and the fucking background switch over, and it's just... It's just like the magic of fucking Broadway and theatre. It's just something that I've mm. never really seen other than outside of things like War Horse and the producers. So, uh. it was Hamilton fucking pleasantly surprised me. Yes. It's one that I've never, it's never really kind of like ticked. Like my books that I was, one that I was kind of watching. Uh, Aye. I'm no one... biggest like musical fan. And... Aye. I'm not the biggest like Broadway fan either, so and that's not really one I would. That's it. It's it's <clears throat> lit. It is on for three hours. It does come up with like a intermission break around the middle, just so you could kind of get that feel for what they would be like in the fucking theater. But if anything, I would honestly tell you to try and give it like half an hour. Like if there's literally where it's like, I'm not sure what I'm gonna watch. Maybe just watch this, just to kind of see if you could see the style of how it's shot and how the fucking how they tell the fucking story but mm-hmm. that's it it's definitely one of these things where it's just I was curious enough to go in and it just fucking blew my socks off yeah right man on to yourself uh, so my third one is uh, a pleasant surprise actually from a I didn't think it. Uh, I've always kind of wondered if, like, can films like these make this list if it wasn't for the whole pandemic. And one for last year was Netflix produced a uh, trailer of the Chicago Seven. Right. Okay. I was one. I've not managed to see myself, but I am interested. Nah. It's fucking right. star studded, it isn't is, it? It is fucking well worth the watch. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's that is Aaron Sorkin. I'm trying to think of fucking yeah. other things he's done. Isn't he like all like uh, social network and or like aye, written yeah, it yeah. at least? Aye, I wrote it. Aye. Right. Um, but I mean, like you were saying, like the cast is fucking huge. Like you've got like like Joseph Gordon Levitt, mm-hmm. um, Sasha Baron Cohen. Was um, Adam Driver in this one? Nah. No, nah. nah. uh, Michael Keaton's in there as well. That's, that's what I'm also thinking of. Um, fucking oh, trying fucking who else? There's another. There's another. There's another guy. In it. Black guy in it. He's well known as well. I can't remember his fucking name, but I need to look up his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played a really good part. Now. Basically, it's about um, like I sort of do like the trial at like the. Chicago like riots and that in the late sixties and stuff. I mean, right. In the last last couple of years, this sort of stuff's kind of fucking like immersed me in fucking loads of shit. And I like like dating back to like when I watched um, like Detroit a few years back. Right. Like, I fucking loved loved that film. Was that set in June? I mean, was that like the LA riots or? It was the um, Chicago riots in the late sixties. Today with the like the like the riot place and the protesters and stuff. Ah, oh, right, okay. Fucking um, John Boyega and that thing. Ah, right, right, right. I got you now. <clears throat> well worth. It's on for about two, two and a half hours, but it's fucking really, really intense. Yeah. 
and definitely worth checking out. But anyway, this one's today with protesters that are going to be going to Chicago and that today with the whole the protesting about the Vietnam War and all that, but sending like like just like sending people out just going for the hell out and stuff. Mm-hmm. So like uh, Sasha Baron Cohen plus uh, oh fucking hell, that's his name, isn't it? Fucking uh, Eddie Redmayne. Oh he yeah, plays, like the lead, the lead of the group. Um, oh, what's his fucking name in it? Anyway, uh, <laughs> so they they set up like this fucking this protest and all that, and it's it's all it all gets all gets told in like uh, flashbacks. And there's so many fucking twists and turns and all that mm-hmm. that it's just uh, fucking ass. I forgot this is in it. Fucking Mark Rylance. Oh he yeah, the, he's defending uh, Sarah and Cohen, whereas Joseph Gordon-Levitt's fucking on the opposite side. Right, oh, I like I like a bit of Mark uh, Rylance. Yeah, and he, he looks so fucking. He's got like long hair and like fucking so hipster glasses. <laughs> like, he looks very fucking homeless. Definitely fucking part of the sixties. Aye, uh, but um. But ah, it's fucking, it's mad, like, yeah, like, fucking, like, the stuff that goes on during this trial and all that. Like, it's supposed to be labeled, like, the most, like, fucking, like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, what's the word? Like, infamous trial and all that, because it's fucking, like, okay. so many shit happened, and I like, 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 the, the judge fucking forever gets, like, the defendant's names wrong, and, like, <laughs> Stuff that the judge does, like fucking mm-hmm. during, during that kind of like at Saudi with like, like political trials and how like corrupt they are and all that. Yeah, how, like, yeah. It doesn't matter if they're doing everything right, the judge is ruling against it regardless. Aye, right. Oh, and all that, and it's like, like because I was, I mean, like, like the new you can see where everyone's going in America with the whole oh, fucking, Jesus, like, aye. Trump stuff as well and all that. It's, aye. Surely there's some dodgy dealings going on in that. Oh, it definitely is fucking <clears throat> knee deep in corruption. And I mean, you've got like like fucking characters for like like playing like characters in the like playing roles from the like the Black Panther Party and all that. And it's fucking. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I watched like a TV film with the Black Panther film like fucking years ago. Yeah. And it was actually really pretty good. Um. I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen's got this really fucking heavy Boston accent. <laughs> and, like, you kind of almost forget that it's fucking, like, Ali G. Yeah, and He I also, like, like, fucking, like, he's... He does, he does kind of play, like, kind of plays, like, a, like his, his character um, as, like, a stand-up comedian sort of thing, but also he's part of this protest and that. And just everything that goes on, like, fucking this... Also, I do what I... Go on, Mary, because you've not seen it. But you've not seen it yet. Aye, so of I course. Fucking, Hold I back a little. to fucking watch yeah. it. And then, like, there's so much fucking shit. And then also you get halfway through, and then Michael King gets thrown in it because he's, like, a former district attorney and all that. Mm-hmm. And I just leaves. And, like, the ending of it, the ending of it is so fucking, like, kind of, like, uplifting in a way. And then it gives you the whole, like, statistics and everything that happened in real life and all that. It's right, like, yeah, just sort of, like, as the credits come. 
Ah, you kind of get like a, a sense of fucking like relief and a wee bit of a laugh and all that because like the stuff with the judge and that is fucking mad. Yeah. Like um, like the judge and it's like the judge that's on the case is like, like Judge Hoffman. Right. And <clears throat> Sasha Baron Cohen's character is like Abby Hoffman. <laughs> and like the judge is like, just for the record, it's like I'm in no relation to it. He's like, I'm in no relation to that man. And then it cuts to like Ali G. He's like, but father. <laughs> and the crowd, like the, the jury laughs, the crowd laughs. And, uh, and then it's. Yeah. They show up in court the next day, him and the, his pal Jerry Rubin, and they're, on, and they're dressed in like fucking judge outfits. And they're like, that's an homage to you. So why not to be about you? And then like, kid, like, can you take your outfit off? They take their outfit off and they're wearing fucking polo outfits. <laughs> <laughs> and so like also they're here to laugh about it but Aye. there is a lot of twists and turns in it and it is fucking really really good and I mean I do like a wee courtroom film yeah yeah especially if it's like a kind of a, like a true story sort of thing mm-hmm. so it's definitely one that's worth checking out cool and it's only got like a runtime of like maybe just there two hours so it's not that bad ah it's not bad yeah, definitely. I'll try and push it to the top of my list. Aye. That's worth watching. Now, for uh, my third mm. film, this was probably one of the hardest ones to choose because it's a, a comedy and I was trying to decide which fucking comedy to go with because I saw three really good ones last year and I ended up just sticking with um, my original choice, uh, Palm Springs. Now... I had this, uh, sorry, in the same category with uh, An American Pickle starring Seth Rogen and The King of Staten Island starring uh, Pete Davidson. And Mm -hmm. literally, I could not choose between which one to put in my top five until I eventually just looked at Letterboxd and thought, what did I rate them when I first watched them? Both An American Pickle and The King of Staten Island got... 3.5 3.5 stars and Palm Springs got 4 so I thought right stick with that and yeah I, I've, I've copied the plot off of um, IMDB because they, they, they nail it perfectly they explain uh, when carefree Niles and the reluctant maid of honour Sarah have a chance encounter at a Palm Springs wedding things get complicated as they are unable to escape the venue themselves or each other. And it just kind of captures it perfectly because you're like, okay, something goes on at this wedding, but it doesn't give away the big reveal of the film. And I'm kind of hesitant myself as well, where it's like, shit, I'm certain they do give away in the trailer. Because Uh, it's like a Groundhog Day kind of feel. Exactly. It's a big fucking hook. But the film stars uh, Andy Samberg, uh, Kristen Milioti and uh, J.K. Simmons, who is a fucking hoot in that film. Like he's just yeah. all this fucking deranged fucking hunting character that's determined to kill Andy Samberg, and you're like, what is the fucking story behind this? And it's it's honestly, I do love uh, like films with a gimmick. Like, An American Pickle, for fuck's sake. It was the story of um, Seth Rogen's character. I think it was uh, Herschel Greenbaum. 
accidentally fucking pickles himself for like a hundred years. And when they go to knock down the building, he's fucking released from the the tank of brine that he'd been kept in for a hundred years. And he meets his fucking grandson, Ben, who's <laughs> like a fucking graphic designer. And uh, like honestly, Seth Rogen's um, um, character, Herschel, nails the fucking accent that uh, Tom Hanks has in The Terminal. Fucking what was yeah. what was this character name in uh, Victor uh, Novorsky or Victor, Victor Novorsky? Yeah, and like his yeah, yeah, like his fucking random Russian unknown eye fucking European accent. Is it Russian or is it, is it or is it like Kazakhstan or something? Yeah, it just like <clears throat> he's feel like a really weird country because he's like remember when he gets off the plane that country's no longer fucking there or something. Aye, and that's, and that's it. why he's and stuck it, in the terminal. Eh? Aye. But man, fucking <sighs> Seth Rogen nails it perfectly doing it for his character Herschel. And it was just one of those ones where it's like, this film is fucking daft, but it is funny and I like it. And King of Staten Island was one where it's like, well, this is just like a chapter of a boy's life. A kid who doesn't know where he's going and fucking discovers a stand up or something. But yeah. it is like the gimmick on like Palm Springs where it is like this wedding on Groundhog's Day fucking type of film just tick the boxes Andy Samberg could do no wrong normally so I always usually fucking love a film with him in it and as I said J.K. Simmons is a fucking nutter Kristen Milioti plays a, is a perfect leading lady in it it's one of these faces that's not too recognisable but is a character that knows how to be funny too so yeah because uh, when I watched it, I watched it like fucking during lockdown. Yeah. And I think what made it more enjoyable was the fact that when you realise that she's trapped in the rain loophole as well. Aye. And then they have that wee montage where they're just having fun at the wedding ceremony. And that and Spoiling it, because they know it's an instant day reset. They're doing everything to like always fucking wind everybody up and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's even and again, to the it's point... A, it's a film that I've no... <clears throat> I've all rewatched it, so I need to kind of go back and rewatch it. Aye, but I even like it to the point where it becomes that casual. They show up at the wedding wearing fucking Hawaiian shirts because they're just like, ah, fuck it. Who cares? No, oh, who aye. cares what they think of me? So that is my third pick, Mike. What is your fourth? Uh, my fourth pick was. The very first film that I've seen in the cinema last year. Oh, wait, let me guess. Mm. Um, shit, this is what you had pinned on Twitter, wasn't it? Is it The Gentleman? Yeah, it's because, yeah, it is indeed because I planned to go to the cinema as much as I can last year. Aye. And I only went five times, but two of the times was to see Tenet. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's it, man. I, fucking, I missed a fucking chance there. I could have just said Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I could have said that that, that was your... Because <laughs> I come out just at the fucking start of lockdown, man. Yeah, that was like February. Yeah. But, hey, but aye, I, tell uh, me about the I gentleman. Return to form, I returned to form for fucking Guy Pearce, anyway. Even though I've no seen... Wait, is it Guy Pearce? Guy Ritchie? No, Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, I was I, like... I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I actually wrote down like on my notes like Michelle bought me this movie review fucking book for my Christmas. Aye, 
and it's got like the ticket stubs, like the title and the director of Ash Road and the director doing his guy appearance. I do not know why, but ah, yeah, it's a return to form for fucking Guy Ritchie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, it I... was a fun, like, when the trailer came out towards the end of 2019, I had my attention, I thought, alright, okay, this will be like a low-key a low key gangster film, and I mean, it's got Matthew McConaughey in it, it's got mm-hmm. fucking, like, Charlie Hunnam, Big Colin Farrell, and, and Hugh Grant. And like right away, like fucking, like Hugh Grant completely steals the show. Have you ever seen it yet? No, I, it was one of those films I started, and then something happened with the Bairns, and I like left the room, went seen to them, and I come back and said, "Fuck it, I'll watch this another night." But actually, yeah. this makes me think of one of the strangest moments I had last year. Obviously, in my job, I started working out in fields, so I would be driving about five. And my first day, I went to St Andrews, and I was at the beach, and I could have swore I walked past fucking Hugh Grant. And it's one of those things where you question it, but it's just like it just looked so much like him. He was just wearing sunglasses. It's kind of a bit the right height, and you just walk past and you just is he breaking think, fucking is he breaking lockdown rules? I think this was at a relaxed stage because it must have been about late summer. But it was kind of one of those uh, ones like. It's not a fucking stretch to think that Hugh Grant's hanging about a golf course in St Andrews. I mean, normally, like normally, during that time, if you see like the the, the fucking Dunhill Championships, and that's normally when you have all the celebrities yes, and all right. that. So I mean, you you could like you might not be far off. Like it could be, but you know, also you know they were kids. Yes, because I didn't fucking turn around. I was like. What's it? What's it? And it kind of like I fucking loved you and Mickey Blue Eyes, man. <laughs> it was literally as they were walking past, you kind of make eye contact, and you kind of had that nonchalant of just, aye, sure. And I just kind of thought, oh yeah, fucker, did that confirm it? <sighs> I just kept walking, just this kind of blind fool, and I just completely forgot he existed until fucking the gentleman popped up and he's like, Hugh Grant. <laughs> anyway, anyway, back to you, man. Aye, so obviously the, the film that's uh, Matthew McConaughey is obviously the main character. That's character plays uh, is it Mickey Pierce, I think, or I can't remember his fucking name. Anyway, but he runs a a wheat distribution industry in fucking London. And like he's selling to everybody, and there's a there's a British Asian boy that's in it that was in that Christmas film last year with Amelia Clark. Oh, Henry Golden, the Crazy that's Rich Asians it. dude. Yes, I yeah, him. He's in this as well. He plays one of the people that are trying to get a bit tough and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's like the film is filled with. Loads of different. It's kind of almost like a gangster's version of like the Warriors, right? So like, you've got like fucking Matthew McConaughey's like group and all that, and then you've got that fucking that Asian boy's name, and uh, you've got him or his group and all that. And mm-hmm. You've got uh, you've got fucking Colin Farrell as like this Irish boxing coach and his group of 
for which are called uh, can't remember but they're kind of almost like colourful like black hip hop like fucking street fighting group and all that and I can't remember, yeah. can't remember the name but um, it's also the funk in the shows you at the start and it kind of cuts away to this potential plot spoiler isn't it basically the film gets kind of told in flashback but different variations of it between um, Hugh Grant who plays like this private investigator who's trying to fucking worm his way to fucking like try to get his way in and get money and, and get loads of money for everybody mm-hmm. and he's he's fucking brilliant in this absolutely brilliant just the way the way he goes about the filming and the way he talks and that he just he looks so fucking sick at it no and he, he, he makes the film that more enjoyable yeah and that just by the way he is and that like he's sitting it's, also he's he's in Charlie Hunnam's place for pretty much the majority of the film aye and he's like hiding in the back drinking his bottle of whiskey and all that and he's like and he's like oh I'm hungry what have you got and he's like, oh, he's like can I have some steak and all that and he's like oh can I do this can I go and do that hmm. just completely taking advantage and then obviously as everything kind of unravels Mary Mary fucking shit happens <laughs> and it's fucking uh, what's his name it's a guy that's in it who's in, in he's in cahoots with fucking uh, Matthew McConaughey right he was he played Jerry Rubin in the trailer of the I was singing that's what I uh, isn't this? I'm. I'm trying to think. That I'm. I'm wanting to watch this film now. Eh? But I'm certain it's on Amazon Prime, isn't it? As uh, indeed. Fuck. I. I need to get my finger out and get that watched. Aye. Uh, uh, like, I mean, I'm trying to think. Was like, what was the last film guy Richie done? Was it the the King Arthur movie with Charlie Hunnam? Maybe. No, no, no. Was that Aladdin. Was that Aladdin? He done. Yes. Right. I still hangers. I've got. I'm full fucking Disney Plus there. I've never, I've never bothered with Aladdin. I keep aye. getting people telling me that I actually know that bad. Aye, aye, aye. I think it was, it wasn't bad. I, they've, they've done it in a way where it wasn't it? terrible. Like what, like fucking Will Smith is a genie, works, but yeah. Aye, I can't quite no, remember. I mean, people much are about. people are saying that this film's arguably his best film. Since Snatch, I mean, Rock and Roller was really good. Oh, yeah. Revolver was fucking weird. Yes, I've never Coming revisited that one. That was, that's one with Jason Statham and like Ricky, oh, Ricky fucking really Liotta. Ray Liotta. A weird one. Yep, obviously looked oily as fucking it. Yeah, I fuck, I've not seen that for me. I've only seen the film once and it gave me a sad head. Aye. I think it's actually, I think it's on Amazon Prime as well. I'm kind of like, I might watch it to see if I can understand that a bit more. See if it's aged well. But I mean, like this is fucking like directed to a fucking T, like mm-hmm. like oh, stylish gunplay, fucking brilliant characters, like the dialogue, the dialogue, and that's really good. I mean, like a lot of people were a bit reserved with Charlie Hunnam in it, but like I like his character. Mm-hmm. And it's quite, it's quite mysterious, but the only thing I'm not looking is like, it's hard to kind of depict 
what accent has he got? He's got like a like a fucking northern Newcastle slash Irish accent. Hmm. And it's weird. It's kind of a bit like off putting it. Aye. But I mean, like the fucking there's so many good bits in this film as well. So I was I was quite surprised at how how fun it was. I'm pretty sure I think I went and seen it in St Andrews and Michelle. And I think she said that she quite enjoyed it. Considering I didn't get the fun that she would have. Aye, yeah. I mean, I don't think she's seen like Lockstock and Snatch and all that. So. Yeah, well, that's it. This is where one of these ones where you find out kind of how your partners react to certain movies. Whereas, like, they'll either freak out, hit like some of the other the gross violence. Like, yeah. you could imagine a reaction to, like Vinnie Jones smashing heads. With car doors or, or fucking uh, Brad Pitt doing the bare knuckle boxing, with the mm. gypsies. I mean, I took her to see fucking Bad Boys for Life last year, and she'd never ever seen the first two. Aye, so she's went, so at least she's, she's seen. seen... Never knew anything about it. Aye, man. So at least you, she could say she's seen the highest grossing film of twenty twenty in cinemas. Aye, yeah. <laughs> I know who would have thought that at the start yeah. of the year. But what about Marvel? What about DC? None of that this year. <laughs> All right. I suppose you're that's one then. Hey, my fourth one. It's one of these ones where I was swithering, like I had it off my list. And it was one of these ones where it's like, man, I'll... for a film that has gotten a lot of mixed reactions this year. But. It's such a fucking spectacle. I could not mention, like, could not not talk about it today. Is a uh, Christopher Nolan's Tenet, and again, it was one of these things where I was like, man, as soon as it was like that first trailer dropped, and I mean, you had was it Robert Pattinson, uh, John? Is it John David? Ah, uh, John David. Uh, John I. David Washington, and it just looks like. Just some trippy Inception style shit, and he's like, "What is going on? I, I I need to see this." And then it had that fucking journey of, "Is it going to cinemas? Is it not? I think it is. Okay, it's been pushed yeah, back a it month. Off and put on again. It's pushed back another month. Right, it's definitely going to cinemas what now. The, what was the what was the first uh, what was the first release date for it? Was it May or something? I think May it, or June. I think or July. Maybe June. And then it was like. They said they just said like August, and wasn't it like August thirteenth, and then it went to the end of August. Mm. So and it was it was such like a fucking trippy film, and so it's just a fucking crazy spectacle of the film, like the fact that large chunks of this film is like fucking shot in reverse or or plays out in reverse. Like, that's the fucking gimmick where they've got these turnstiles where you go in one way, you come out another, but then everything is the fucking future in reverse. There's a big fucking heist at an airport, they crash a plane, there's gold, there's all these complex sequences that play one way, and then the second half of the film, you fucking see it in reverse. It appropriately blows your mind. And it's just, it's like, textbook Christopher Nolan like it's like what we've expect from him from films like Inception and Interstellar you expect him to like just 
take the top of your skull off, take out your brain, turn into like a balloon animal, pop it back in your head and send you on your way. And that's you experience one of his movies. And it was, it was like the mixture of John David Washington being like this great character. The the chemistry between him and Robert Pattinson were great. I mean, this was a film that it, a lot of us, okay, not a lot of us, because look at the box office, uh, went and saw in cinemas. Like, me and you obviously were daft enough to go, was it opening night? Ah, it was opening night. We went and seen it on 75mm. We went and seen it upstairs, no digital. I think when I watched it a second time, it was digital. Aye. And that was it. I mean, there was no fucking about it. The film starts in that big sequence where it's like an orchestra and there's like there's fucking it's an act of terrorism going on and then it's the fucking the the special forces going in after it and then you just start seeing those shots about like bullet holes and then fucking it going in reverse and like what and even when they just yeah. like where they try and explain it to you like that sequence where you've got John's character the protagonist and that female scientist fucking explaining the film to yeah. you saying this shit works backwards and so, well grab the bullet and say, I can't you have to drop it first and you're like what yeah it's fucking I know it's and, and again like the film was so divisive as well because the music was so fucking loud yes and there were times where it was like well we blame this on uh, like Hans Zimmer because I could hear it in my head for like uh, Inception, where it's just like big drums and sirens or horns blaring, or it's like dun 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 dun. Yeah, but uh, it was uh, something different this year. It right? was. It was. Oh, I'm fucking blanking on his name, but he's also done some other really significant work. I remember watching special yeah. features on how the guy does it, but um, it's a relatively young guy and it's still again it's just like these blaring sirens where it's just like yeah. you think your head's going to explode in a cinema and to the point where it's like this strange thing where it's so intense it's so loud why the fuck are our two characters having a conversation like in amongst this noise and you're like I wait I, I can't quite hear what's going on because you've got yeah. your like a uh, antagonist, uh, is it Kenneth Branagh, and Kenneth Branagh, aye. and it's just like he's there's a like one scene where he's kind of unveiling his devilish plan, but you also have him fucking saying the speech because he's already on the opposite side of the turnstile, so he's from the future talking to the past. So you've got his dialogue yeah, going forward backwards. and talking backwards, playing into the same room, and you're like, I need subtitles. Yeah. Well, also, fucking, like, I knew it was like after I seen it the second time and all that, and I was obviously like, there's no way you could figure that film out the first time. Not a chance you could figure that film out like after one time. And all that, so that's where, it, as you said, the film's real divisive because for, some people are like, well, does does that stand to the quality of it being a good film in the sense of it's like you come out of it going, what? I need to watch it again. Like, did the filmmaker do his job right? If it like it requires repeat viewing then, to fucking piece together his like, message. Stellar was so divisive as well. Yes, aye, but fuck, I'd because have... a lot of the film, a lot of a lot of, a lot of the film was spent, but a lot of it was like nothing was happening. 
Yes. Sort of thing. Again, it's a film that I really need to fucking rewatch again. Oh, I, I do adore Interstellar. The, the runtime just fucking, just fucking throws me off a bit. Yes, aye. Mind I... you, if I just put it in my head, it's only 15 minutes longer than Tenet. <laughs> aye. But is there's some really impressive action sequences in it where like yeah. when there is there's like the way they've they film these trippy fight sequences where they're in backwards and at times it looks a little silly where there's a guy r- kind of crab walking across a corridor floor backwards and then yeah when you watch it play forward it makes so much more sense and yeah but man it's like almost me and you, like 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 both me and you fucking what kind of no, as if blown away with the kind of kind of were a wee bit taken back when we figured out that fucking that the person attacking him at one point was in fact the, the future. Yes, aye, and that's one of these things where you're kind of watching it and you're analysing it, like under a fucking microscope, trying to th- think of these things, pay attention to these things. But when you've seen them putting on their suits, driving in an ambulance, going to the airport, and it's like. Oh, I know what these bastards are doing. You, oh, you clever bastards. Like, oh, I can. Yeah. And you're just sitting there excited because you can know that fucking airplane's going to come in the new and this is going to happen. But they're already in the building. It's like every fucking time travel law is about to get broken. Don't fucking meet yeah. yourself. But like the fucking, like, when I went and seen it the week later, like, when you watch the, the fucking, the plane heist time and the fucking, happened the first time mm-hmm. even, like I was saying you noticed the two of them away in the very back pushing the gurney that had um, fucking uh, Kenneth Branagh's wife in it yes and I mean her fucking story was great as well just like all the preparation for like the third act and there's like there's a lot going on and it's just it is funny I reckon if it's just because it's it's come out in this pandemic, it's had so much more attention drawn to it. And then yeah. it's like, right, this is your first fucking blockbuster since uh, Bad Boys for Life. Have at it. And then a lot of folk were going, ah, it's a bit much. But there's one of these ones where I was like, maybe we don't need to talk about it. Maybe 2020 is a year where we talk about all of the small films. But I thought, I can't. I need to like, uh, definitely just... Yeah. Chipping my and I mean like what I was saying to you the other day like fucking like, I watched a video on YouTube earlier the Christmas period that's it's like fucking delve deep into another fucking wormhole with like today with John David Washington's character and fucking uh, Robert Patterson and I'm like I'm gonna have to go and fucking watch that now and see if this fucking matches up ah, if it holds water <laughs> I'm, because I'm no fucking fully convinced that. Aye. And that's I think that's I think that's the genius of it. Same with fucking same with Inception like ten years later and that. Aye. Like I watched Inception last year during the pandemic fucking because Michelle would watch it, she's never seen it before. Right. And <clears throat> I still can't fully agree with myself as fucking Leo DiCaprio's character. Oh, all right. at the end, or Aye. is he fucking, or is he back in like real time? Because yeah. obviously he's that fucking that shot of the totem yeah. spinning at the end. Exactly. And it kind of makes you think. But I mean, that's I think that's why I fucking like enjoyed it that much. The fact that like 
it's got so much fucking rewatch value to it, the fact that you notice your bits like I was saying, like when I watched it, when I picked it up on Blu-ray last month, I went and watched it and I was like, fucking there you go, there's fucking other shit I didn't notice and all that. Aye. And that's and I mean, it. like, it's watching layers. it the subtitles slightly, slightly helps. I mean, when they hate <laughs> the whole talking backwards thing, all the subtitles it gives you is just the dialogue, like, the correct way. Yeah, aye. It's like, Ah, right, okay. That's fine. It's not giving you two sets of fucking subtitles, one yeah. reversed and the other one playing forward. Yeah. But And I mean the thing is like, like that last fucking the last act was the whole attack on the uh, uh, fucking epicenter. Yeah. Like, I'm that gonna have to complex. look into the special features to see how they fucking done that because it, it looks fucking it looks cool. It looks like it's a lot of fun fucking doing that sort of shit. Yeah. Uh, I bet it was a fucking nightmare to film. <laughs> yeah. But, no, it was definitely, it was fucking, it was complex, like the the whole thing with two teams, one team's going to be going forward in time, another team's going to be going backwards in time. And you're like, oh, fuck. Like, to the point where it's like, right, we have to colour code it so you could play along at home. <laughs> like, you know, so you figured out at the end, and what you seen at the start, it was a wee bit, you know, it's... Yeah, and even to the point yeah. where it's like, right, okay, Blue's uh, going backwards and Red's going forward, but then a member of Blue decides to fucking go, f- like, instead of going backwards, he's now going forwards, and you're just like... I know, it's... <laughs> it's like, take it easy on me, Jesus! I've been here for two hours! I, <laughs> I mean, like, Michelle... I've got like, a nosebleed! Reckons that, Michelle reckons that she'll figure it out the like, first time, and I'm like, nah, like, you'll no figure it out the first time unless... You purposely look it up on the internet. Oh, I read the wiki. It. I was like, so, I was like, so I'm no fun for that. <laughs> I was like, because I watched the film three or four times and I still didn't fully fucking. Ah, yes, that's not like. Yeah. Okay, Mike, so it is now time for your uh, final film. That's it, we're now reaching the fifth films. So, Mike, what is your last top pick hey, for 2020? My... Final film is uh, Lee Winnell's The Invisible Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was... I'm assuming you've... I have. Yes, I think I saw it late into the summer. But that was like one of those fucking crucial films that that really kicked off at the start of lockdown. Yeah, where it was, it was in cinemas at the end of March or near enough. Yeah, uh, middle of March. And or, or then start of March at least. They made it like then available for home rent, uh, like off of Amazon. Yeah, so did I. Yeah. Like Bloomhouse kind of put them all up. It wasn't it. It was like the hunt. I was that the hunt. I Emma as um, well. Oh yeah. But I know definitely. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I mean, as a completely different take yes. on the Invisible Man story, and that like it's, it's not the whole uh, monsters universe, fucking the late fifties and sixties and stuff. Ah, it was just a concept, a, like we're in a modern uh, this setting. Is a modern, I, I, I don't understand why people class it as a horror film because. I mean, granted, there is some like 
horror aspects about it and that bit. Yeah. I mean, they cut that I mean, trailer but... to look like a flat-out murder movie with, like, uh, the, I just said, the Invisible Man. Like, you couldn't see him coming. Eh, no one was safe. I mean, yeah. that fucking... the fact that they... The fact that they, they turn the story around to be the whole main purpose, the whole main focus is like like domestic abuse and all Aye. that, like gaslighting and all that mm-hmm. stuff. You know, and I mean, like Lee Winnell, like like was it last year, the year before, he done that uh, upgrade, and that was one of yes. his 2019's fucking or 2018's like surprise films. Like oh, fuck, man, that is a film that Venom should have been. Yeah, I know I can see that. Like, yeah, I, I, can see that. Like, I, I thought Venom, like, I thought Tom Harley was good, but I thought Upgrade was just so much better. It was just, it was really gritty. Mm-hmm. It like, like, the violence was really fucking unreal. Oh, yeah. like, it was a fucking, like, a really, really good film. And I mean, the fact that he got, he got to do this whole take on the visible man, it's quite an ingenious way in doing it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely, like, the reveal was, like, a lot more intelligent than I expected, other than, like, oh, he made a magical mm. potion. Yeah, like, it's a, a like, a fucking, because he's obviously, like, the, the guy that's supposedly dead, he's, like, what is he, like, the leading expert in, like, the world of optics and all that, so that's, like, his field cameras and all that shit and all mm-hmm. that, so, uh. and I mean... I mean, granted as well, fucking, uh, oh, is, is that Elizabeth Moss? That's a yes. Lead? Aye. Like, like, she was really fucking, like, really good in this as well. Like, was like, just the extended shot of her, like, just sitting in the house, but she kind of figures out that, in, or what she thinks, you know, like, when she doesn't fully believe but like, you know, mm-hmm. it's a long camera shot that fucking, like, how, like, could, like, in the kitchen or whatever, and the camera will pan away for a good 10, 15 seconds, give you that feel that can somebody is there, and then it'll can come back and there's nothing there and all mm-hmm. that. And I mean, like, there is some really fucking, <laughs> really good intense scenes. That's like, well, I think the bit in the attic was done really well. The bucket of paint. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like my fucking boss, like was telling me that uh, when he went and seen, he went and seen that also before lockdown, and he was with his wife, and they said that when the when the bucket came, he fucking like a scream in the middle of the cinema, <laughs> and, and I was like, oh no, that the scene that completely fucking took me by surprise was the bit in the restaurant. Oh, with the sister. Aye. Ah, I love like, that bit. Did ah, not fucking bit. seen that coming at all. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like fucking, like the use of like practical effects and all. I mean, there is a wee bit of computer effects, and the use of practical effects, like when like, you can tell there's always a guy in a green suit that's fucking throwing her about and doing all this stuff and that. And yeah, it is, of course, as well worked. And mm-hmm. I mean, it is a really, as a really ingenious concept. I mean, the fact that you're going to use a great story like the Invisible Man and give it a proper like horror I, mean, I think people were talking that this is kind of going to open up the gates for like a mere like adult themed like monsters universe is like a Aye. like a mere 
a mere hardcore like Frankenstein or Wolfman or no, it's a, I think they are like, creature they are of the Black Lagoon and all that. They're definitely making more of those films again. Like certain that Ryan Reynolds I mean, is maybe no, no, no. Uh, Ryan Gosling could be in a Wolfman movie. But it's like, I, I yeah, need to I see mean, a trailer first that, before uh, I can take it serious. Because they had that uh, Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise fucking oh, version mummy. of the mummy, which. So I've, I've kind not of seen flat. it. I'm kind of going to wait until it comes on, like, fucking Netflix or something before I fully watch it. Yeah, yeah. But. But it's definitely one of the films that I really, really enjoyed mm-hmm. <clears throat> last year. I thought maybe the, the ending was a wee bit flat. I thought like the whole reveal I mean, kind of, obviously the whole like brother thing was alright, but the fact that there was that little wee twist that the guy wasn't actually dead and he was apparently like tied up. But you can't obviously you didn't get the full answer if it was his brother done it or no. Mm-hmm. And then you get that final scene with her back at the house. And you can watch coming. Oh, definitely. Like, you've seen that coming a while later. I, mean, I, I quite enjoyed the character, uh, like, pal the Black Postman. So mm-hmm. Aldous Hodge. I quite like his character. But the whole, like, can, like, descending into madness and can, like, literally, like, you know, like, give her this gift, but fucking realistically is no... Aye. He's going to obviously get it back because he's fucking going to render off. Um, what's the fucking word to look for? Um, like, and it's no incompetent that it's fucking. Mm-hmm. But whatever that word is, anyway. But, um, but I know, like, I really, really enjoyed the dark nature of this one. Like, cool. And <laughs> uh, my final pick is a documentary that I wasn't aware of till I felt like weeks before I'd actually come to seeing it and it was You Cannot Kill David Arquette. So this is a, a documentary following obviously the actor David Arquette and the famous uh, marketing stunt where where David Arquette won the WCW uh, world title uh, leading up to his a wrestling movie ready to rumble and I think obviously his response to doing that like, obviously like we fucking, like we were also heavy heavy at wrestling at that point yep I don't think we were ever went as big on WCW or whatever on WWE and all that no nah like I could see we were all like like nerdy like we would like you could imagine like also like, I mean like People get pissed off that when like part time folk come back and win the titles and all that. Fucking celebrities. So imagine that. that. That's the equivalent. That's the equivalent of fucking like that, basically. Exactly. Some guy that doesn't have any right to be there and then they reward him with a fucking company's top title. So. Pretty sure we pre ordered Reddit Rumble with Rex Walkers as well. God, possibly. I do know, I think as soon as it hit Sky, you'd supplied me with a copy of it on tape. Um, oh. can, what was it, Oliver Platt as the king? I, um, Oliver Platt was in it, fucking... Oh, I guess who was in it as well, you know, I remember who was in it, you played like the manager, but he was a total, like a very 
Eric Bischoff was fucking Joe Pagliano. Oh shit! Not a dare. He had him. a fucking had a ponytail and all that. <laughs> oh man, what a fucking! I'm gonna have to rewatch that film as well. Like, but I think the the thing that we didn't know was obviously David Arquette is a fucking mad daft wrestling fan himself. So obviously, yeah. nearly twenty years after he won that belt originally, uh, his career's never been as successful as, let's say, his family or maybe like his his ex wife, um, yeah. Courtney Cox, and obviously he's got his own family, he's got his own issues, and David Arquette seeks redemption by returning to the ring, but this time taking it serious and going about like the independent routes and yeah. a- again he's met with like why the fuck are you here like legends getting into scraps at signings fucking fans like pretty much spitting on him to the point where it's a right he's gonna fucking uh, take his lumps like the rest of them take his fucking bumps go learn the styles go to fucking Mexico go do like the yeah. hardcore shows and it's one of these ones where it's like, Jesus Christ, I actually really respect him more for it. And, like, the dude yeah. shows the passion. Like, the fucking see the amount of times this dude tries and pulls out a fucking Hurricane Rana. Versus, like, fucking... Oh, yeah, I could say a play. Because the guy that was in the ring, he was getting pissed off. Eh? He, he wasn't going to properly land and all that, eh? Aye. But, like, anything, <clears> the fact that... Like, they capture so much. And even to the point where he was at... One of like the more hardcore barroom brawl fucking like groups where they're like they're hitting each other with like the the fluorescent light tubes, and to the point where he fucking like almost kills himself in the match. Like they instantly have to fucking run to hospital. And I remember seeing that trend and seeing things online, watching the videos, and probably talking to you about it. Going, man, that's a bit fucked up. Why is he doing this? Jesus Christ, the country just wait for Scream 5 and just calm down. Yeah. But man, um, they kind of get like... to see it all put together for this. <laughs> it's quite rewarding. Because yeah, I'm reminding you text me the weekend about it. And like, I was later on that Sunday that I seen somebody on Twitter saying that it was on like the Sky documentary channel and all that. Oh and yeah, like, Sky oh, Arts, aye. I wonder if... Uh, now TV has it, and kind of went and found it on the Monday morning. And I was like, "I'll watch this." Yeah, and I, and it was actually really like really pretty good. Like because mm-hmm. obviously it shows you, um, like it shows you that photo of him on fucking whatever that magazine was back in the early nineties, along with like say Matthew McConaughey, fucking mm-hmm. Will DiCaprio, um, like, oh yeah, Brad the, Pitt, blah like, blah blah, like everybody, of the future, the actors, and, and it's like literally everybody in that photo has went on to make some big films. Fucking Oscar award winners. I mean, a lot I mean, of Scream was a big enough film, but other than that, he never really kind of done much else. Mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of done like fucking, uh, oh, what the fuck was that? What was the film he done with fucking, eight like a freak, that's what it was. No, it's like a B, fucking B horror film or that bit. Yeah. Like you're saying about like you know, never had the same success as like because I, I always forget that he's like sister like Trisha and yeah, 
and his dad was in fucking like he played like one of the police chiefs in like one of the screen films and all that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, uh, kind of shows you he's fucking kind of downfall and he had like massive like drinking drug. You alright, man? I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's still recording fine. So you're saying uh, you had like drinking drug issues? I had like drinking drug issues and all that and like like the one bit that kinda didn't really freak me but the kind of bit that took me surprise was when he was I think it's when he had like that heart attack or whatever. And he's sitting in the in the fucking like the hospital chair. And he's all wired up and that, and he's gone fucking mental, and they have to get him to calm down and all that. Aye, aye. Really obscure, like. Yeah, it's like they're they're just wanting to kind of show you him at his worst. Eh? It's like mm-hmm. it's not like he, he was fucking telling the cameras like, "Go away, go away." Just he's got to protect his image, but no, you got to fucking uh. see the man at rock bottom, and then to see him fucking. Doing like almost like street performance in like fucking Mexico, where it's like lucha libre, whilst cars are at a red light, <laughs> and Aye. he's he's almost like oh I've no share, and then they fucking send him to go collect money, and like nay cunts giving him shit. Yeah, and like, it's as well the fact that you got like, like like the people that's in the film that like, you see the folk that you wrestle like you wrestle like Jerry Lawler fucking fucking like. Big names like that, like mm. also Kenny had that that bit where he had that running with uh, the guy for the nasty boys, and I like yeah. they also took they took major offences. Then also as well when he done his whole fucking gimmick thing at the signing, like everybody was at every single table bar his. Aye, uh, and like like when he done the whole backyard wrestling thing as well. Oh, dude, I like, where it was literally just like a kid's backyard. Yeah, like, like, like people also like take offence that, I mean, like, the start of the film shows you fucking Ken Anderson, like, taking major offence to the fact that he's wanted to come in and his business and fucking try and say that he's better than Ken Anderson and all that. Aye. And he doesn't help himself by coming up with, like, this this weird gimmick of the the wizard or the magician. And you're just like, oh, like you're... Joe Ric Flair type fucking like gims and all that. Aye, and it's like, oh, you're not making it fucking easy for yourself. You're really, you're, you're, you're not gonna win them over fucking quick. But nah. Oh, aye, it definitely goes through some fucking journey, and it really is like by the end of it, you're fucking on Twitter looking up David Arquette just and like. Just wanted to fucking send him a tweet saying, fucking, well done. Good for you to fucking do that and make it. And it's like, man, I hope yeah. it'd be cool when things kind of go back to normal to see if David Arquette is actually still doing indie shows because I feel like that's the type of passion that you've got for life. You kind of got that until, well, until uh, your fucking body physically fails you. But Jesus Christ, seeing that boy doing Hurricane Rana was just I know. joy, like, joy inducing but man it was a fucking pleasure yeah. to watch like the fucking like the last five minutes like it was that we like montage and all that it kind of shows you it's kind of almost like a rocky montage like him totally. at the beginning yeah and then it shows you him like right at the very end and he, and he wrestles Ken Anderson and beats him and all that and mm-hmm. like fucking again that's like the show respect and I like it was 
it was really fucking really well made and all that. Uh, and then the fact that you actually got the silly approval for fucking uh, the boy for the nasty boys that had yeah. that massive altercation with Ella running the film and all that. Aye. And it was good to hear like the story for fucking like the stories for like Eric Bischoff saying that can I'm the reason that fucking folk hate you in the wrestling industry that because it was me that watched the this, this storyline. And also Vince Russell was there and I'm like obviously Vince Russell was fucking notorious for like just some of the most like fucking outlandish shit. Well, I mean like some of the stuff that he done when he was in TNA years ago was just Aye. fucking metal, man. Definitely. Like, like, it's kind of good seeing all that stuff. So I was actually kind of glad that I fucking watched it on Monday. Yeah. And that's it. It's, the point uh, it. It's, it's great to kind of see it now put out there so everyone could get a chance to see it. So hopefully when this podcast is up, it should still be on fucking Sky Arts or Now TV for another two like or three weeks. Left. I think it's still like another month left before it comes off. Aye. So... Definitely. I mean, like, like he got in some decent shape as well because he wasn't—he wasn't fat, but like, yeah, he was kind of out of shape. And I like, like it's the whole bit where he's getting the whole waxing done and all that, <laughs> and uh, then he's getting total spray tanned and he's got the wee fucking shower cap at his dick and all that. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, it is. Like, also, it's... like the fucking like, he almost like like was like was saying like he almost fucking died at that death match. Yeah, like literally, and it was like an unintentional moment they also just got caught and it's like ah you got caught but they caught your fucking neck and like uh, also he's like how do you gauge the situation and it's like you, you fucking panic and run out and then he kind of made himself finish the match and then he's fucking in the back of the taxi rushing to the fucking hospital to make sure yeah. he doesn't fucking bleed out because he's got fucking wrapped up in a towel and he's got his fucking pal Luke Perry and and his kid was was it like his kid's Jungle Boy in AEW and ah his Jungle I I was reading the, the fucking trivia for it and all because he's in AEW yeah so it was definitely a fucking fascinating watch as like a fan of wrestling and fucking good documentaries so I definitely thought this deserves a spot in my list so yeah a honourable mentions I'll just quickly fire it like. I reckon why I've I never focused on sort of like the children's films I've watched this year, but when I looked at my letterbox scoring in my top three, it was a uh, Tenant, Hamilton, and Pixar's uh, Onward. All right. So I was also really I was gonna say really high on that film, but not I wasn't really high at the time. But I remember being overly impressed with that when it went streaming. Because uh, it was Sam Rogan and did the voice in that as well, eh? Oh, no. Well, maybe not the main one. It was Chris Pratt and Tom Holland. Ah, that's Chris, that's Chris Pratt. No Sam Rogan at all. It's Chris Pratt. Aye. But... And it was. It was just a great, a fucking great story that Pixar does, but it was just set in this Dungeons and Dragons fucking fantasy realm. Uh, yeah. And then obviously Sonic the Hedgehog was surprisingly good. Like that was a great film to take my kids to see the cinema. They fucking adored it. And Jim Carrey was actually really I fucking thought, good I in actually it. I just thought Jim Carrey was really good. And I actually thought it was like one of the better films for last year. I thought it was really good. Eh? Yeah, and it's like one of these ones where I was like, I- I'm glad they waited and fixed the fucking messed up visual effects. 
made Aye. it look better because like my kids could watch it on repeat happily and and the fact that they're they they teased a sequel and they're going ahead with a sequel and they're introducing like tales and things like that and it's like fucking yeah. about time why not and I mean I thought I thought James Marsden was on it yeah ah it was the postman or whatever it was. yeah he seems to be the go to guy to team up with fucking CGI animals my yeah. kids were watching Hop last night and there he was again with fucking the bunny Russell Brand ah so. Uh, obviously I mentioned films like King of Staten Island, American Pickle but uh, one of the other impressive films I saw last year and I think it was like an Apple TV exclusive was the Tom Hanks movie Greyhound Greyhound alright yeah it was sort of like a war film set on a on like a battleship and it was Mm -hmm. god I think maybe it was like just over 80 minutes but it was intense it was just fucking, you're on the edge of your seat the whole time. It was just a fucking great film. Yeah, that's one that I've still no got around seen. Plus, he was he's in, done that other one, News of the World. Yeah, I, I, that, that looks really good. I really look forward to fucking catching that when it when it comes up. Because the trailer itself just looks fucking great. It's just like something yeah. that I've never kind of seen Tom Hanks do before. But he's gotten to that kind of right age now where this is a perfect role for him. Yeah. So oh. that that is my honourable mentions. Cool. Um, I've got a couple of mentions here. Uh, first one that I was going to talk about was um, Possessor. Um, I think I kind of oh, sold you on yes. it. Oh, yes. Well... You've not sold me. You've told me. It's going to be very yeah. difficult to to sell me a ticket yeah. to that movie, but um, it might be a case of, like, right, it's streaming on Netflix. The fucking... It's nine o'clock. You've got all night, and Margaret really wants to watch it. That's probably the circumstances of... I, I generally don't think Margaret will watch this one. Maybe... <laughs> She likes the whole concept of fucking. That's kind of like what I'm saying. Like the film's almost like a a mix of fucking. Um, what was it video drum and the Matrix. Matrix? Yes. I mean, like, like I've never seen any trailer for it, and I've seen folk talking about it, and I was just, I was like, come on, fuck it. I was like, there you go, there it's there. I'll just kind of chuck it on, and I and I was it was. Pretty decent, like it. Like we're saying, like it is very. Once again, mind you, the first opening, like five ten minutes, is pretty fucking hard going. But like, once you can understand the whole science behind it all, and that, it's it's interesting enough. But it, it does go full on fucking, like fucking unrelenting violence and all that. Aye, uh, yeah, I can imagine the film and being it is, messy. Like the fucking ah, uh, as as. I mean, like, Sean Bean's in it as well, fucking, uh, what's the name's in it? Daisy Domergoo, she plays, like, one of the doctors that's oh, right. into this machine and all that, and it's Aye. the lassie from Mandy, she plays the person that plays the assassin, but she goes into this machine and they get put into these bodies that are made through fucking, like, sculptures almost in it. Like, it's not saying, like, when you watch it, it does look like fucking, Videodrome shit and all that. Aye. And it's kind of like, it's probably one of the way if it's on streaming. Yeah. 
Like it is really fucking. <laughs> Watch of an not, empty stomach. Uh, aye, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's one of these ones where like, even just the poster itself, I'm like, ugh. <laughs> just like, oh, that looks like the cunt I at mean, the end of Robocop. <laughs> I mean, the guy that done it, I said, was it? It's David Cronenberg's son. Ah, he done a film about Ken Gero, it's called Antiviral, and I've seen folk talk about it, and it's again, it's another body horror type film, and I'm Fucking thinking. body horror, man. Did I watch it? Did I watch it or no? Aye. Oh, that's it. And and then also there was another one that I was pleasant surprised by this year was uh, Freaky. Oh, yeah, yeah. With Vince, Vince Vaughn and that, like, fucking... Like, I mean, who doesn't like Vince Vaughn, eh? Especially exactly. when he's like, fucking... A serial killer is actually fucking... Got, he's actually trapped in a lasting body. Yeah, and uh, the fucking bo- the balls on him and the the director for letting him do an on-screen kiss with a teenage boy. Yeah, and like I fucking had a lot of fun with this one. Like, ah, totally. It's it's a great concept of hey, it's Freaky Friday, but instead of mother daughter, it's a serial killer and his victim. Yeah, and I mean. Like, they didn't even let up with the violence either. Like, that's got some proper fucking... Aye, what about, like, the like. dude from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? Like, the the, the woodshop teacher. The daughter. Oh, yeah, the woodshop teacher. Aye, yeah. Yeah, like, his fucking ex. It was brutal. <laughs> so oh, the lassie trapped in the fucking cryo thing. Oh, aye, that as well. But, yeah, I mean, that was. I did, that was I a did have one. a laugh at fucking. I did have a laugh at uh, the scene where, like, Vince Vaughn's fucking in the toilet. Mm. And that's the last year, obviously, with the voice in it. And it's like. You kind of wonder if maybe Vince Vaughn could get away with playing, like, a gay guy in a film, just for the way he kind of acts about this. Oh, that's it. That's, <clears throat> I'm sure he could. He's definitely one of these more accomplished actors, where it's like, yeah, you could typecast him to comedies, but sometimes he'll surprise you. Yeah. Because that's then, it. I've never ventured into that Cell Block movie he did. Oh, uh, no? No, no. It's just, it's never, I, I think it's disappeared from, like, now uh, TV. It's no Netflix anymore, man. No yeah, so anymore. next time it shows up, I'll, I will Again, get it. Again, that has got some fucking, uh, I mean, obviously... I'm not surprised the fucking the guy directed that bone tomahawk and exactly movie. fucking wishbone and the guy just <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, like fucking the stuff in that from like Don Johnson's like the prison warden and all that and it's fucking great in that as well. Aye, uh, I'll, I'll definitely get that. I'll, I'll see that first before possessor. Yeah, and someone that was someone mentioned was Bad Boys for Life. I mean, oh yeah. I grew up watching the Bad Boys from there, like fucking. Mm-hmm. Well, I literally hate the second one. I fucking adore the second one. Like, I, I think it's it's Michael Bay T. It's fucking. It's daft. It's just it's oh, fucking. Right. It's two and a half hours long. It's fucking. It's got rats shagging. Ah, and, that was one of the more jarring moments for me. That's <laughs> what you want in a film, ain't you? <laughs> it's like, just and two again, rats pumping away. Like, Martin Lawrence again, stopped fucking, to uh, fucking... That's Martin Lawrence fucking, like, tripping out on fucking Ekkies and all that. Aye. And, like, they're like, being chased by the almost like the fucking army at the end of it. And it's like, Oh, what? yeah, they're in the Cuba. Yeah. Aye. And that's, those films are always loud and over the top. But 
God, I haven't and I mean, seen them. Like, like the third one, the third one was really good. Yeah, it's got a bit more of a, a grounded plot and all that. I mean, like fucking like Joe Pantelano was back as like the captain. That nah, fucking he's again just as good as what he is in the other two. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think who else is in it. Because that's, that's the DJ Khaled. Yeah, he has, he has a cameo in it. And fucking Michael B shows up for a cameo as well, doesn't he? Aye, he um, he's like the fucking the master of ceremonies for like Martin Lawrence's daughter in the wedding. Yes, aye. And I thought that was a fucking that's a nice good touch because he never directed. No, no, I was this one. It was these a fucking two 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 dudes that was like uh, how like two princes or something. Yes, ah, you don't want to say it, but it's like fuck, did some rich. A fucking family by the franchise for Michael. Yeah. But, aye. And again, as it's just over the top, and I mean, you've got like this, again, it shows you them further into life and like, mm-hmm. Mark Lawrence is like retiring and he's fucking back to fucking just being the family man, whereas yeah. Will Smith's still fucking wanting to chase everybody down. And totally. I mean, like, like the two of them are fucking Brown and, and all three of the films. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So, They've just got that fucking magical com- chemistry. Ah, uh, and they kind of they do kind of leave it open that can is there going to be a fourth one? I mean, the fact that it was the highest grossing film. Oh, I know. That's year, it. January. That that easily has to be fucking money making. <laughs> Definitely. Right. Uh, well, we have a look at the the worst film of twenty twenty. I think, are we just going for one film each? I go for one film each. Okay. Uh, mine's is an easy one. It was uh, You Should Have Left. How's that? Bloomhouse picture with Kevin Bacon and Amanda ah, Thingy. Okay, okay. Ugh. It was uh, director David Quip. And I uh, just kind of one of these psychological horrors that go away for the weekend. It's that uh, type of relationship where it's an older man, an attractive young woman, and he's always got his doubts. She's obviously got her young friends, and I think he was like a he's either a famous writer or a director, and it's just kind of go them going away for the weekend to kind of patch up the relationship. But the house is haunted, or there's something going on there, and it just turned mm. it to be bleak as fuck, boring, or I just the characters weren't likeable and uh, to be honest didn't really care what happened to them it was like yeah ah I wasn't kind of expecting that but man I was just like fucking mentally checking out even before like the third act had kicked in I just Uh, just did not grab me at all yeah I've always kind of seen it when I'm like on like the Xbox store or that but I'm always like freaking like doesn't grab my attention. Aye. So, I think I'll be skipping that one yep. at least. And a uh, honourable mention for one of the other films I saw in cinema this year, Cats and Dogs 3, Paws United. <laughs> was this, like, after Tenet? Uh, yes. Aye, uh, that was sort of, like, before the cinemas got locked down again. It was just, like... Uh, near the was it the October holidays or the end ah, I think it was October holidays yeah, and it's it just something been. to take the kids to just to break up the fucking 
this bland, like, yeah, let's live in our house for the year. So I was like, right, let's go to a cinema and just sit three couches away from everyone else. And I mean, it's from director Sean McNamara, the man behind Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain, starring Hulk Hogan. Oh, film. Film. So. I mean, you wore that tape out of lockers. <laughs> but it was, it was one of these things where it was like, ah, it's totally fine for kids. Like, a cat has to team up with a dog to take on a, an evil bird. Yeah. So, and the evil bird was doing. It was getting a, a tortoise to hack the, the internet so that the Wi Fi signal going out was making cats and dogs act like little pricks so their owners wouldn't take them and adopt weird pets like birds and turtles instead. Ah. So. I remember watching the first one. I remember, I mem- remember when, <clears throat> like, fucking, we had, like, PCs back in, like, 2001 and all that. Mm-hmm. And, like, we got, like, Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings on, like, pirate disc, and that was, like, Splitter 2 disc. I'm pretty yes. sure Lindsay had Cats and Dogs, and I had got Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and I, think, I remember. I think Cats and Dogs 1 was all right. I never ever watched the second one, so. Aye. Yeah. Mm. I've never really ventured into them, but, man, the fucking kids adored Cats and Dogs 3. And that's it was just yeah. mindless entertainment for 90 or 80 minutes, actually. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, so, Mike, what what about you? What left a better taste in your um, mouth last year? Um, one of Disney's hottest properties of the year it was Animus Phil. Oh, and yes. it left a foul taste of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I was honestly, I'm pretty sure after the test, like the only the demon factor of that film was mm. the scene where Dame Judi Dench. And an Irish accent says "Top of the Morning." <laughs> Credits. End that was that was honestly the only bit in that film that I laughed. At. And I mean, I'm, I'm not the biggest Josh Gad fan, and I, and mm-hmm. I mean, the fucking the, the CGI was fucking shite. Uh, fucking like Colin Farrell's character was even interesting. He was like the dad he's missing and all that. Mm-hmm. It was just a. a Bad film and thing is that like it was it was getting notoriously bad before it even I think after the first like two hours they were dropping on fucking Disney Plus and I was like why did I even want to watch this but I was like come on it can't be that bad yeah but, uh, it was it was pretty bad like so <laughs> <laughs> it's a film that I didn't plan on watching again aye another one was a uh, Vivarium. With Jesse Einsberg and Imogen Yeah, this was sort of like the the suburban, like yeah, people were household and there's a baby, but something's yeah. not right. Like I fucking I watched, I watched the trailer and I was sold on the trailer. I thought, oh, this thing looks alright. It looks quite interesting. It looks wacky. It looks right on my street. Mm-hmm. Nah, it was just it was fucking annoying. I thought because it was like basically the, they were in this suburban thing, but it was almost like a it was weird to explain because they had got this like this kid wound up on their doorstep, this baby, yeah, and it literally grows at like a fucking day to day basis, yeah, and like by like two weeks it's like fucking like twelve year old and all that, and it's like the kids also like, it's just so fucking 
Oh, and it's almost like like, like kind of like kind of like a Twilight world, like Twilight Zone sort of feel to it because like they kind of get out of the suburban area because every house looks the fucking same. Yes, aye, they're like trapped in some sort of strange hell. Yeah, I mean, I can it's only like, like nine odd minutes, but aye, and it was a fucking grab, like, mm. and then. And then my last one was a lot of people give it a lot of praise, and I just did not like it. And I, uh, it was that fucking oh, what was, the Will Ferrell Eurovision film. Oh yeah, I want to say Song of Fire and Ice, but that's fucking Game of Thrones. But yeah, I know which aye, one you're well, on about. Aye. Yeah, the one that was on Netflix. It's got a uh, machine. Uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel, Rachel McAdams. Aye. Yeah, I, I think me and Margaret dug that when we watched it, but. Obviously, it wasn't enough to make our top list, but it was it was fine for a Friday night or that uh, rather just, than watching fucking Eurovision. Uh, like I just fucking didn't just didn't enjoy it. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of musicals anyway. Yeah, but I just fucking I just thought it was boring. I just thought the stuff was like unfunny. The fact that like the Eurovision was like, and and this film was taking place at the SSE Hydro in Glasgow. Yep. And yet. But it was somehow. They were in Edinburgh. Yes, I. The, the geography will annoy the Scottish, I'll tell you that. Because yeah. when they were fucking flying there and he was getting in a car and they got to get in, he's like, that'll take you fucking ages. And then you see them ah. going down like the fucking Royal Mile or Princess Street and it's got the fucking venue at the bottom of the street and going, wait a fucking minute. Nah. <laughs> I think I'm. Um... Pretty sure like the a lot of people love it. A lot of people love the fucking soundtrack and all that. Um, who's fucking who's the dad that was in it again? Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, that was it. Aye. I mean, I, I like Pierce Brosnan. Like fucking like we talked extensively in the summer when we watched the new Bob Hoskins. Yeah, uh, exactly. Double and all that. Aye. But I'm, I, I know that I fucking remember it though. I think she did. I reckon if he was like the the rival with Will Ferrell, and the fucking but he played the fucking main character in the guest. All oh, right, that robot looking motherfucker with yeah. that damn scenes. Aye, shit. Ah, yeah. Let's look ahead because hopefully everything that we missed out in twenty twenty is now being gifted upon us in the year twenty twenty one. I, hope. I mean, I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll be happy even if we get it, even if it's a case of just having to sit and watch it in the house. Yeah, totally. Like so that's that's what we've pretty much done. I mean, I'm kind of glad that I seen Tenet at the cinema because mm-hmm. as as definitely film worth seeing at the cinema. Aye, but that's I mean, <clears> it's not going to be the end of the world if I have to watch The Black Widow in my house. Yeah. So, and I mean, considering that, like, how many networking. Like streaming networks have picked up big films this year. Exactly. You know, like it's it's almost like they're planning for the future. Mm-hmm. So, Mike, as eh, long as as long as they still release on the physical media, I'm happy. I, well, that's it. Exactly. There's there's an audience out there. So, and they'll recu- that's why I was kind of. <clears throat> so that's why I was kind of happy to get the fucking Irishman on Blu-ray and that because it's a Netflix film. Aye, yeah, that's it. I guess Criterion do like to... Sp- well, they are. They're sort of like specialists. 
when it comes to like sort of physical media and their collection themselves because they had a selection, a handful. It was Hirschman, Marriage Story, amongst others. Yeah. But I so your films for twenty twenty one, I have bookmarked five films that I'm most looking forward to. Uh, do you wanna go first? Uh, I'll go first. Uh, the first one at the top of my list easily mm-hmm. in a country fucking mile is Rocky Four, the director's cut oh shit oh, oh. are we getting it this year? did you not see Stallone's fucking tweet yesterday or Instagram post? no nah he fucking sat down to watch the final cut of it fucking other day man and I, he tweeted the other day about fucking he was Sitting down to fucking watch it to see if it all fucking merges together and that's all. I'm praying, I'm fucking praying to the gods to hear it. Man, I better have a 20 minute montage. I better. <laughs> that's it. I've, I've taken out fucking Cisco the Psycho Robot and replaced it with more training montages. Kiss me a fucking Uncle as well. <laughs> what if fucking Stallone's digitally de aged himself and just went back to add additional scenes? <laughs> I'm I'm intrigued to see how we fucking done it and like, because I can that the film's only like an eighty five minute film or whatever. But yeah, I mean we done a commentary to it because it was nice and short. Supposedly, supposedly you did say that like can, the the fight scene with Drago was a lot more hard hitting and all that. So hmm. like, do you get the full fight like without it being like a montage? Maybe. So yeah, that's that's definitely one on my list. No, not. No, not. I'm impressed. <laughs> uh, my top pick for this year is Edgar Wright's new film, Last Night in Soho. Oh, yeah. I know absolute fuck all about it, but it's Edgar Wright. It's a teaser trailer, isn't it? And not that I know of. No, it's not actually. It's just a poster. It's like a fucking sci-fi horror fucking like, I'm not too travel. sure I feel like something goes wrong on a night out for a lassie but uh, I, I, I know very fucking little about it yeah uh, that'd be interesting because what was the last film that you was it Baby Driver Baby Driver yeah yeah oh man could you imagine yes. fucking imagine if the end of the film was like a candle with Kevin Spacey Fuck <laughs> getting it, getting did his fucking. Did you watch his Christmas video? Yes, it is. Again, it was weird. It was like, okay, it's fucking weird, eh? Like he's actually like he's no, he's no character. He's nah, he's fucking suicide, suicide prevention, but he's got this weird bitten bottom lip that's all blood speckled, and he looks <sighs> ill. But it's just like this man's a weird fucking fuck mystery. Every fucking fuck he's on an island somewhere, and he's got somebody fucking holding his phone to make a wee film, and you're just what? I reckon if he's been banished to the island of pedophiles, and they've, they've just got a good signal, and he's just like yeah, every fucking Christmas Eve I'll drop a wee diddy on fucking YouTube, and then disappear for another fucking like he's this weird p- fucking pervy Santa Claus. 
<laughs> dropping gifts that no one that's wants. Like one of my, that's like one of my highlights for Christmas every year. To see and it's just basically drops on Christmas Eve. Ah, and it's like, is he gonna do? It? Is he gonna do it? Like, it's got to be the strange disappointment of when he doesn't. But it still equally creeps you out for the two three minutes that you watch it. Like, see when he dies, right? Like, like who are they going to notify? <laughs> exactly. It's just gonna be like three months like, later. I'm somebody on his Twitter. Agents fucking no way. I'm in there. I'm assuming his agents strayed far away from him. Oh, after everything that come out. I guess. Maybe. I'm not too sure uh, if he has children or. Um, but somebody, someone's gotta know. Unless he's fucking filmed like twelve fucking videos. And so yeah, I'm gonna die this year, but them as, like, just have like, have them set on a fucking computer. <laughs> exactly. Someone's been paid a million dollars to fucking post a video on YouTube oh, on man. Christmas Eve for the fucking next twenty years just to freak us out. Uh, I look forward to it, like. <laughs> right. Uh, what's your next pick? Um, one that I know that both me and you are fucking highly looking forward to is fucking coming to America. Oh, of course. This March. Yeah. Amazon as well, eh? So, yeah. I know, that's it. There shouldn't be any I fucking, I loved, I loved the fucking trailer we got for it before Christmas. Yes, uh, yeah, the, I it looks like it's been done well. It's just, it captures everything about the original. Like, you've got James Earl Jones back in there fucking... A senior hall, you've got all the old characters and all that fucking yeah. like the barbershop fucking. Oh, I like, know. Just... How the fuck are they not dead? I just love the fact that like you like him and him and a senior hall walk. It's like, oh look, it's Ebola. Ebola, <laughs> what's he called him? Uh... Ebola and fucking Kunta Kinte. Kunta Kinte, that's it. <laughs> and then it's when the fucking it's other black guys. Talking, say it reminds you of like fucking like the African kids with like, the flies in the mouth and they're like, oh, like whoa, nah, whoa, whoa, that's bad nah. taste. But as well, you've got the addition to fucking Wesley Snipes in this one, it looks fucking glorious. Yeah, ah, that's it. You've got your new school, you've got like Leslie Jones in there, and yeah, a whole fucking other cast of characters. So I do look forward surely to surely you got to hear about fucking surely you got to hear about soul glowing as well. That's eh? it. I, I'm pretty sure on some of those uh, still images they put up, there's a poster of soul glow, and this is there it is. He's got to be here. And surely they've surely they've got to have fucking uh, McDowell's as well. Of course, exactly. They cannot not. And I mean, God, yeah. I fucking hope for Sam Jackson to try and rob it again. <laughs> oh man, that'd be fucking great. Ah, oh, definitely forward to this one surely. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's getting released on like fucking Amazon, we can't. That's not going to get delayed. Exactly. It's done. We're just waiting for it now. Yeah. Uh, next for me, this one I'm not too sure if it actually does come out this year, but according to Letterbox, it is uh, the the third Spider-Man film. And obviously oh, through all everybody's in. Yeah, the fucking casting news. It more or less is going to be a live action version of Into the Spider Verse. That's what it feels like yeah. anyway. It seems to be like all the fucking Peter Parkers of of the past are coming in. All and all the fucking Mary Janes are coming with them. So yeah, like it just like it sounds complex. They've got I think Doctor Strange. Then we've got this new. Um, 
fucking Disney Plus series of like WandaVision and I reckon if these are going to like be a pro like these TV series are going to be a pro to the fucking films but the fact that we haven't seen a fucking single image of Spider-Man 3 makes me a little reluctant that we might get this year. The thing is, like, they've no, they've no officially confirmed that Tony Maguire's back yet. I think no. they're going to wait. Aye. I think they're going to wait. I think that'll be a big selling point for the film as well. Like, yeah. Imagine how great it'd be if they fucking brought back, like Willem Dafoe, the Green Goblin, and all that. Totally, exactly. There's endless opportunities that they could do with this film. Because also they're bringing back Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. Uh, yep. Jason, Jamie Foxx is not coming back as Electro as well. Eh? Aye. So I'm pretty sure the the number the, the second one with Andrew Garfield no finish with Paul Giamatti's Rhino. He was either in it. He was definitely in it at the start. I'm not sure if he broke out again at the end because they did tease like the Sinister Six. But yeah, man, I feel like they're throwing everything in. And it's always what those ones. Remember, where like, remember when that got announced? That was a running joke for that month. Was it? Oh look, fucking. Like a toaster for my brave little toaster's gonna be in fucking Spider Man three and all that, so it's like, <laughs> aye, <clears throat> it's interesting, like. Yeah, and that's it. They're they're going for it. Because it's kind of going to have like almost like an Avengers, like uh, feel to it. Exactly for his own. It. Exactly. So, it'll be fascinating just to kind of see how it happens. Yeah. It's interesting to see how they pull it off. Yeah. Your next one? Uh, my next one is uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. All right. Uh, uh, the Daniel Kaluuya's um, right. plays a uh, member of the Black Panther, uh, Fred Hampton. Right. And it leads to his betrayal by uh, FBI informant who's played by like, Keith Stanfield. All right. And uh, Jesse Plemons in there. He plays part. Of, I think he plays one of the like the FBI officials that put Stanfield into fucking uh, Daniel Kaluuya's like group. Yeah. Again, it's the whole fucking sixties fucking race riot thing, man. I'm, Aye. I'm all for that. Yeah. No, that would be massive. So I think there's a picture I seen the trailer for it back at the end of the summer. Ah, oh, fuck, I'm not too yeah. sure. I think on YouTube I went up the last couple of days, but I'm not yeah. going to bother. Yeah, I'm more... The, the yeah, I'm more for, sold me for it. I'm definitely... I think I've seen Empire posting that, like, screenshot of Daniel Kaluuya on a, like, at a podium. Yeah. Ah, it's definitely a film I'm looking forward to. Mm-hmm. And again, it's getting, it's getting premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. Ah. I reckon I've never thought film festivals were a thing this time of year. Yeah, I, I guess. It, going on. Yeah, if it's all fucking digital so, now, if everyone's just watching them at home. I don't know. I was what. Um, <clears throat> what was that fucking somebody, some person involved in like the fucking? It's almost like part of like the academy put up, like photos, like screeners that got received and all that, and it's like, mm. it's like, oh, you bastard. <laughs> so I'm hoping that the banks are getting linked in the next couple of weeks and I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, well that's it. That's that time of year. Um yeah. my my third pick is gonna be I imagine a big summer blockbuster, uh the the Uncharted movie. Obviously based off oh, of the, Tom Holland. Yeah, the, the popular video games which I fucking adore those games. 
So if they manage to capture the tone and like the the, the action and the the fucking quick quips of Nathan Drake, I I'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, uh, I seen he's got a new film coming out. It's to Apple TV, I think. Yes, he's a definitely uh, a fucking busy lad this year. Um, it's for the Russo, it? it's called Cherry or something. He plays like a, like he's just out the army and, that, and he's got like PTSD and that, and he mm-hmm. kind of like fucking robs banks and stuff like that. Aye. So, kind of interested to see what kind of role that's like. Because, like, did you get around to watching that devil all the time? Last I haven't, year? no. That's it's nah, on it's on the, like, the it's list. Another really fucking really dark film as well. Mm-hmm. And again, it's another fucking Robert Patterson fucking uh, what's the accent fest? Like his accent's fucking weird in that one. Aye. Uh, your your fourth one. Uh, my number four is fucking. One that I was also looking forward to last year, can you get it? Is uh, Halloween Kills. Oh, of course. Yes, this October. Yeah. In IMAX. In IMAX. Man, if IMAX is home in October, I will go through to Edinburgh and watch it in IMAX just to see it. Because I've, I've not been to see an IMAX film, so. Yeah. I kind of wonder, like, like, does it need IMAX? Does uh, it really? Uh, it's going to be a fucking experience. But yeah, if we're, if we're all vaccinated I mean, and the world's open, then nothing's yeah. stopping us. Well, I mean, that was the thing. Like, we were, so we were also due to go to fucking Florida in October, mm-hmm. and we're going to go and see it fucking on like, on like fucking like release night in America. Thinking, oh, can this will be fucking interesting to go to see a film in America on like release night, especially how big they get treated there, then, especially with being like Halloween and all that. Yeah. So. I'm kind of, like, the fact that it's been, like, it's already been made, I'm kind of hoping that nothing gets leaked. Yes, that's and the tricky thing. a couple of months, because we've had that, we had the first trailer when they announced that it wasn't coming in 2020, and then oh. they had that trailer in, like, the end of November. Mm-hmm. But then we the second one, which kind of gave you a mere better look at it, and I'm thinking, that'll that'll be enough. Yes. I mean I managed to I managed to survive the hell of the fucking year before like last year see a trailer for it. So so what I've been reading though folk are saying that it's that Jason Blum promised is that it's gonna be like the fucking explosive middle chapter. So mm. it's gonna to have to fucking like end on like a cliffhanger or something. Eh? Totally. Aye. And then also they're gonna release the third one next year. Which I always kind of thought, can, are they going to release the fuck? Are they going to release part two like March this year and then release uh, like the third one at the end of the year? Because waiting a whole fucking year in between is just as bad as uh, it's cruel. Cliff, cliffhanger ending the fucking halfway through season five with Brain Badder. I know. That was, that was that was a kick. Like that was definitely like one of the things. Like, oh, don't don't do me like this. <laughs> Mm. Uh, my fourth pick is J- James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. The, the film just looks like a I riot. Know, it's interesting. Like, yeah. So. I mean, James Gunn's fucking brilliant. Exactly. He, he's know? a master like, with I mean, an like ensemble Guardian cast. 2, like, like Guardian 2 is alright. Like, also, Guardian 1 is really good fucking. Yeah. What the fucking shit has he done? Uh, Slither. Yeah. 
and uh, uh, Super. It was fun. Ah, Super, that was it. <laughs> but I mean, as well, like, like this, this uh, successful looks to be a bit mere light-hearted than fucking the other one. Yes, aye. So I reckon I, if it's because of the whole different character, because you've got like John Cena looking almost like a kind of some sort of other 60s era fucking Captain America. Yeah, like a total gold helmet and that. But then of course you've got fucking uh, Harley Quinn in there as well, so still yeah. with like Margot Robbie and I think um, Jai Courtney's like reprising Captain Boomerang as well. So I'm not too sure yeah. where they're going with like the, the time period of it, because I felt like it definitely had like a an old vibe to it, but obviously the original film was uh, present day, I think. Or... Yeah. I'm going to have to rewatch the, the first one, because I thought some bits that were alright. Yeah. I thought the deadline was a mess overall, but I mean, I say you're streaming on Amazon, something was just watch it, so I say Aye. <clears throat> so, no, I'm definitely invested in this new one, because that's a, it's, it's a huge cast of characters, and it's just to see how yeah. they fucking handle it. So, mm-hmm. right. And what's your your last film that you're looking forward to? Uh, my last one is Dark Side of Justice League. Of course. I mean, I I wasn't a big fan of the, the Josh Whedon one. I mean, I, I like I like fucking Jason Momoa. I thought he was like really good as fucking Aquaman. I did. Yeah. And I do quite like. Ben Affleck's Batman. Mm-hmm, definitely. I just, I, like, because obviously there is, there is, like, studio meddling, the fact that he's getting to release his actual cut of the film in, I know. Like, in four hours. So what it's I'm saying is getting a, crazy. a Blu-ray release, so, like, fucking send it out and I'll fucking watch it. Aye. It's definitely ambitious and crazy to the fact where it's like, right, okay, you can do it. And everyone's fine to come back and take part. Because it's one of those ones where you wanted to like it. But then you heard about things going wrong. And then the fact that there's like a four million pound revamp to remove a moustache off a of Henry Cavill. And uh, and you're just like, what? And like the fucking the main villain, like the Steppenwolf villain was, uh, was fucking shite. <laughs> and then watching it on the plane going to fucking Florida and I was just like Ugh. yeah and I mean I've still I've still not watched fucking Aquaman yet and I right. really need to fucking get watching it yeah exactly but, but I thought Jason Momoa was pretty fucking funny in it aye definitely and like, as well like fucking like you had um, J.K. Simmons was um, oh, as Gordon, Commissioner Gordon aye Commissioner aye so, as well, like, I'm pretty sure that I've heard that, like, Jared Leto's coming back as well for a couple of scenes. Hmm. So, it'll be interesting to see what he does and how he does it. But I'm kind of hoping that when they release, I'm assuming, obviously, because it's going to be getting released on HBO Max, it's going to be releasing, like, four weekly episodic, like, Aye, episodes and that, like, like, that's going to kill folk. Aye, especially how they end them. Well, it's like that that yeah. third episode could kind of fucking leave you, and then it's leave like you hanging it. Aye, but I think that might be starting as early as March. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But it does look quite interesting. and quite interesting to see 
Oj, det är Simi. Simi är värre än i Det är min life. Så att säga, fucking done some decent. I mean, Watchmen was fucking probably the best film I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, he has definitely done good films, but he's just always like, always uh, heavily criticised. Yeah. Uh, my fifth pick, uh, another one I hope will come out this year, is Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh, aye. So, and it was one of these ones we did get a trailer. It was sort of like a teaser, and it kind of gave you that glimmer of hope, where it's like, okay, it is kind of like a next generation, but it looks so much more yeah. sincere. Uh, the fact that it's like Jason Reitman doing it, and like taking it for that, like the hands of his father, and it's got, I think it has pretty much the entire cast, obviously, who's still here. But then they've got like yeah. a story that makes sense, and fuck it, the throw Paul, uh, Paul Rudd in there because Ockant loves him. So I'll yeah. just love to see how it turns out. I'm kind of that's what I'm saying, like because obviously, like, like there's so many films you're on the fence with this year. Is are they going to get released? Because they're, they're teasing like that Kingsman film. Oh yeah, the for, first like, one, February eh? and all that for like February. Mm. And it's like, okay. And then obviously fucking like you've got like a quiet place two come in. Oh, of course, like, I've never heard seen, about that again. I seen, yeah, I mean, I seen Morbius got pushed back to October. Ah, that's one of those ones where it's like, this, I reckon, I feel like there's no hype behind it. But they had they had big news about that a few weeks ago that fucking Michael Keaton's going to be like fucking Batman in that. So it's what? like, what the fuck's going to fucking go? And also, we're supposed to be getting. Uh, Matt Reeves Batman this year. I know. It's known till fucking next year now. Same with like... Jurassic World. That's summer twenty twenty two. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm hoping as well because also Sam Neil, you know, had up that tweet and that. So I'm like, yes, fucking. Aye. Let's go. What else is there? Coming. Uh... <laughs> Bond. Is yeah. Fucking release. I, they're, they're expecting. Supposedly, I seen the day that Bond was getting pushed back to September slash October. Aye. That's like fucking, that's almost like a two year window that's had been pushed back. I know. Like, it's like they're so desperate for that to get a cinema release. Exactly, and expecting full houses again. Like, people are going to be cautious as fuck to walk into like a packed cinema. Yeah, and then like fucking talks are that obviously Disney's going to release. Black Widow and cinemas at this date, but it's going to be available on Disney Plus the same day, but for like a VOD price, like we're done with Mulan. Yeah, yeah. And like, folk are like, can like fucking, like, if Netflix are offering like top tier films, or if like fucking Amazon or HBO are offering top tier films at the price of subscription, why the fuck are you not doing the same? Because then. Disney owns fucking Fox game. What I mean. Exactly. And they're, they're Disney's alright for they're money. They're releasing that star thing. They're releasing that star thing at the end of February, and I was like, mm-hmm. that's a adult oriented fucking thing. Yeah. I reckon if that's going to be included in your subscription, because. If Aye. it is, it's fine, but if it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to add it, because what's the point? Exactly. So, I've got a lot to look forward to. I know. But. 
Uh, right, have, yeah. a, have a look at it. We're coming up for fucking almost like two hours, 45 minutes. Yeah. So uh, maybe let's skip our Oscar like sort of predictions for this episode. Aye. We'll save yeah. that for next time. Um, but yeah, obviously this year things are becoming a little bit more settled for us. I, like, it's going to be a bit easier for me to podcast again. Obviously with the, the fucking state of the world will be more uh, online episodes. Me and Mike won't be in the same room. I guess yeah. for, until fucking restrictions and everything eases off and all these fucking strains yeah. could go fucking do one. But, um, yeah, so we should be pumping out a few more podcasts this year. If I can at least maybe, I expect, double the amount that we did last year. I think we had done five, six episodes. So... Yeah, because we had done... Fuck, I remember done our... Films of the year, Oscar predictions, then it was like a lockdown episode, then it was episode yeah. 250... I would done like the Bob Hoskins one. Yeah, and then done... Bob Hoskins double bell. Then so I married an axe murderer, and I would done Van Damme this one in October. Van Damme, that was it. Yeah, kickboxer. And then we, and we then had mostly... aspirations for Home Alone, but we just couldn't find the time. Yeah. So, but man, uh, what you can look forward to next is episode two hundred and fifty-five. It is January, so it could mean only one thing: Jackie January. Yes, puns by the bag full. <laughs> and we, yeah. we came up with sort of like a good combo. We've got crime story, like sort of hard-hitting uh, drama, still action movie, and City Hunter, the fucking live-action fucking manga come-to-life film, obviously both starring Jackie Chan and both from the year 1993, funnily enough. So we're gonna be watching uh, two fucking polar opposite Jackies, fucking cartoon characters, and then hard edged detectives. So, yes, that is the plan for our uh, sole instalment of Jackie January twenty twenty one. That'll be episode two hundred fifty five. I have been your host Stuart Island, and joining me across the internet is my co host, the file mouth master chef. Magic yeah. Mike Christie. Shut the fuck up, you wee cunt. Oh, I'm talking the cat. Alright, I was going to say, that's not how we end the episodes. <laughs> no, 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 my fucking cat's been a bloody wee bitch. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, you wee cunt, and tune in next week. <laughs> Talking to the cat the way I talk to my kids. <laughs>